This is Ian, aka What Son, aka Michael K. Y'all listening to what you listening to? Up in the mix. Welcome to another edition of Up in the Mix, coming to you hot from a special location at the Beach Hut Deli. This is Sean, a.k.a. The Truth, a.k.a. The Super Nicest. This is uh, Caesar, a.k.a. De La Foto, a.k.a. Trexu Bappi. And we've got a very special episode for you guys. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. We're on location, Caesar. It's been a while. It's been a while because, you know, things that happen in the universe. The world, COVID, mm-hmm. everything shut down. We've been, you know, mm-hmm. coming to you from, from the Honeycomb Hideout, but this week we're on location with two very special guests. That's, and they hits us in the soul. They, they do. They do. Music, they've been playing, if, if you're a hip-hop fan mm-hmm. in Reno and you don't know who these guys are, you know, something's wrong with you. But we've got Scott and Todd, a.k.a. DJs, Buddha and Dot Com, mm-hmm. from the Bomb Shelter. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're honored. Thank you guys for having us, seriously. No, it is an honor to have you guys. Yes, exactly. Because I remember even younger, Riding BMX used to have, let us have BMX premieres at Beach at Delhi. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. You guys, did so, you guys have done so much for the culture, and you know, hopefully, we we get you. You know, you got to give people their flowers while they're here, and uh, you know, we we wanted to have you guys on a, a long time because you mean so much to uh, the people here in the scene here in Reno. Going back, I mean, two 20, decades, now. twenty years, yeah. twenty years, mm-hmm. crazy, huh? It's wild to even think about it. Could be twenty years, but yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much. It means a lot. It's insane. It's insane, but. To start off, we have a question of the week, Caesar. What's what's the question of the week this week? Especially since you guys own Beach Hut Deli, is a hot dog a sandwich? Ooh, we got experts. Wow, here. that's so funny because we just talked about this today. Perfect. <laughs> How is that even possible? It's uh, it's funny. It's <laughs> it's a viral question, I suppose. I know what uh, the peanut gallery thinks. <laughs> <laughs> I think that technically it is. Okay. Just. Technically, it's meat between bread, but I mean, of course, it's just a hot dog. It's not really a sandwich, but <laughs> and we serve it here, so yeah, yeah. The, the Moon Doggy, it's great, great it, sandwich. So <laughs> it's a great sandwich. Where, where are you on this? <laughs> yeah. do, do you think it's a sandwich? Oh man, it's always just been a hot dog to me. You know, <laughs> ever so since a little kid, our yeah. muffins cakes, our muffins cakes, they're just little um, cakes, right? Sure, I'm gonna say. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, just knowing that from all the baking shows I've watched, salutes to my fiance. <laughs> they're just little cakes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they're, they're little cakes. Mm-hmm. It's the same process. Yep. Yeah. Caesar? I, muffin is a cake to me. What about the hot dog as a sandwich? This is uh, your question. That is, it's, it's a tough one. I've always leaned no. We did talk about this before, and I, I think I've, I leaned no, We too. probably had super strong oh, now takes, you're, so Now you're leaning them. no. <laughs> well, I said it's just a hot dog. It's just, that's what it is. Because mm, like a hamburger's kind of a sandwich too yeah i agree with that mm-hmm. i feel like a hamburger is closer to a sandwich than a hot dog is mm. shape wise but is it the shape is the shape, we, is the shape that give it the sandwich right we're doing sub sandwiches over here at the beach hut deli and uh the shape is very similar sir mm. yeah you're right <laughs> I, don't know. I mean it just goes on a roll <laughs> like any sandwich like the chicken or the egg right yeah all right listeners call us and let us know 
Uh, what do you think? If you have an opinion on this, either message us on Instagram or call us 775-800-9153 and leave a message and say, Chick, you know, is it chicken? Is it chicken? <laughs> <laughs> is it hot dog and sandwich? Uh, well, we didn't solve anything there. No. We don't have Are we to, just though. split? Or well, let's, am I let's the only take one a vote. Yes. I'm going to say hot dog is just a hot dog. I'm going to say no as well. I think it could be a sandwich. I'm with hot dog as a sandwich. Yeah. Wow. Just because split. the technical, <laughs> the technicality meat, of it is all. Bread, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm condiments, saying. Condiments. Right. You know, that's why hamburgers also. It could be different shapes. Like yeah. pizza's not You know, we've like found. Like a slice of pie is not necessarily a triangle. True. <laughs> with our international roommate, we've learned that Americans eat a lot of sandwiches. Mm-hmm. They're great. I, right, but I have so many sandwiches per week. If you're from Venezuela, they're not so great. Yeah, well, do you like no. arepas? Have you had that? I, I do know what those are, yes. Those are bomb. They're like sandwiches, though. So every time we get in the sandwich argument, I'm like, arepas are sandwiches. <laughs> See, are. it's a cultural thing. That, that, you know, like, <laughs> there's, there's the torta. There's mm. the burrito. The burrito. The burrito is like the pupusa. We had a conversation mm. earlier about mm. pupusas. Here's Cajon. another question for you guys. You prefer pupusa? Or do you prefer tamale? Tamale. Tamale. I go pupusa. I go pupusa too. Oh, split Ooh. again. White boys. <laughs> we're just like tamale. <laughs> like when we're lucky enough to get real tamales. I th- yeah, I Ooh. think I can, I'm just spoiled because I've always had people who made me real tamales. Yeah. You're spoiled. If yeah, that's you the are truth. very yeah. spoiled. I just, I'm like, eh, you know, I've had enough delicious ass tamales in life. I so now I'm getting pupusas. hungry. <laughs> <We> <laughs> right. before I, I oh, ate before. damn it. Yeah, I ate before I left the house today too. You have to. Well, introduce your introduce yourselves. Um, you guys obviously are, are quite famous, but mm-hmm. how did you end up here in Reno to start? Gosh, um, we came up here for college in 1994 to go to UNR. And you were like, "We're going to change the hip hop scene forever here." No, no, that <laughs> that was not part of the plan. Where'd you guys come from? Uh, Loomis, California. Okay. So outside of Sacramento area. Mm-hmm. And why did you, would you come to UNR to study originally? Uh, I tried to study business and I remember like a year through it, I called my dad and was just like, this isn't working out. And Todd was down in the art department, loving every minute of it. But I started as a CS major, computer science, and just hated it. I was like, there's what math, <laughs> you know, what the heck? And was interning on campus fixing computers for my CS uh, degree and ended up finding the art lab up in the art building that was all computers and Macintoshes and stuff. And was like, wait, these guys are using computers, but they're in the art building. What's happening? And it was on. As soon as I figured out that I didn't have to do code and I could do graphical stuff and audio stuff, it was I just jumped ship for art. Nice. And then I was meeting him up at his lab. I'm like, oh, I get off class. Come, come meet me. And I would you know, get up there half an hour early and be like, what are you guys doing up here? <laughs> and so I quit business and became an <laughs> art major as well. Yeah. It's funny how that works. Mm-hmm. Right. You just default to art major. But that's the thing about college, you know, what you dis- what you go in thinking is not what you're going to leave thinking. No. And, uh, you know, that's the magical. The and magical here I am owning a business. Yeah. <laughs> right. Full, so- full circle. Should have been, should have been a business major. <laughs> so, uh, when you guys were growing up, were you like into hip hop from a young age or, or just into music from a young age? Mm-hmm. It was our cousin introduced us to a lot of like the breakdancing type of stuff. And mm. remember going up to Nevada City and they had their cardboard boxes and, you know, and, and they had all their what was some of the 
Oh, they had the Ktel breakdance tape that had like, oh man, it had like a Tour de France on it and a couple of just those iconic breaks on it where people were like popping and locking and mm. doing backspins on cardboard. On a VHS or something? It was a cassette. T- Whoa. It was a cassette tape from Ktel, which oh. was like. Okay. Old school. You had to like order it on the on TV. It would have like a commercial that would be like, <laughs> "Order this for twenty nine ninety nine." Ktel breakdance tape. Wow. And, and they had all that. Breaks? And my grandma got us all boom boxes one Christmas, and so they had that tape, and we had boom boxes, and we were just posers in like the pine trees in Nevada City, just falling madly deeply in love with hip hop. And like, shout out to grandma though. Yeah, right? for real, grandma no, and our no, cousins. Right, right, and it was a cousin of ours from Visalia, California who brought that tape so yeah it's it goes way back for us and then gangster rap came along and you know we fell in love i remember license to ill came out and that was too short Mm -hmm. right too short because we were like mobile djs kind of like school dance djs back then too when we were really young i was at least how did you get into that i wasn't (laughs) i just saw someone else do it i think and then me and my homie todd my name's todd and his name was todd and we like got our home stereos and started just bringing them to school dances and just imposing ourselves as the DJ. That's that sounds just like funny. skinny pink tie. Sometimes like you playing kept... lady in red and crazy <laughs> shit like and that. And it was like, all 45s. Like yeah. vinyl. It was oh, all nice. vinyl 45s mm-hmm. back then. And it was those, uh, all in one. They had the turntable on the top and the two tape decks in the front. Oh, no okay. CDs yet, right? Like a home, had, it's like a the home, home entertainment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then home speakers with like a realistic mixer that had like the RCAs going through it. And then we were like mixing it. It was funny. Damn. So we were so DJing. I think that's like, where it started. Yeah, that's got to be. That's so But it was more about great. music in general back then. Yeah, you then, probably just loved. I mean, if you were doing that, you just had a love for music, I'm guessing. Yeah. And I don't have to tell you guys what it's like to get bit by the hip hop bug. You just want to do everything. Mm-hmm. Write the graffiti and break dance and DJ and just do all the things because you just fall so in love with it. You know? And it, I think it started way back when my dad introduced us to like Stevie Wonder and Pink Floyd, and I mean, he had records that he was like, "Here, guys, sit down, let's listen to this," and all kinds of comedy. I remember uh, Richard Robin Pryor, Williams. Wong, Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Steve Martin. You know, all those records that were on uh, comedy records on vinyl. That's crazy. That's that's taking me back. It just feels like a commercial where everyone sits in like at the living room in front of the yeah, like listening to music together. And just listen, yeah. And just experience, yeah, having that experience. Mm-hmm. And then I think we were, we used to be into uh, car shows when we were in high school. And so there was a lot of rap music with the car shows. Mm. So like at some point, this is not a humble brag, but this is just, this really happened. We had a car show in Vallejo and we bought Federal, the E4, first E40 CD off of him and the click. They had their at like, the, at the car show, they literally were doing the two short the thing. They had the trunk mm. backed up to where all of us were coming into the car show and they were just sitting on the curb and they were just literally selling them for 10 bucks. E40 Federal, no art on it. Just like a burned, not a burned CD because they didn't even right, have that. Right, record. yeah, yeah. But it was just a blank CD on top with the artwork, one J card in the CD. And dude, we listened to it over and over again for <laughs> months. And that was a big chain. Yeah. That was a big like. And bass was huge. Yeah, they we were way into like big speakers and speaker boxes and all that shit. Yeah, I had <laughs> high school. That was that was my thing too. Like I, I had fucking 12s in my car for some reason. The smallest car, biggest speakers. <laughs> I remember right. when my speaker box got stolen out of my Volkswagen. I was so sad. 
Yeah, mine got stolen too my sophomore year. <laughs> I think that that was a normal occurrence. <laughs> right? Like, oh, you're driving around with $1,000 worth of stereo equipment in your car? In a Volkswagen that doesn't lock? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Which Volkswagen did you have? I had a 69 square back. Ooh, okay, okay. You guys always had style, mm-hmm. is what you're saying. We had we went to the Volkswagen car shows. Those were the ones we were into. We weren't just going to any old car show. We were at the Bugorama. Mm. Nice. In Sacramento, yeah. which was like cars that were lowered to the ground so much that they couldn't even function, but we would just all have our, like you said, just 15-inch woofers and shit lowered all the way to the ground. Shout out to Jade. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's the first time I remember hearing, like, Ain't No Future in Your Frontin'. Like MC Breed, like that is a vivid car show memory for me. Every time I play it or hear it, I'm like, dang, I remember. Right. You can smell like the Carnuba wax, you know, at the car show. And were you guys like as as teenagers, like were you the youngest people in the scene or were you the outsiders or how how are you fitting in as like going to these car shows at such a young age? I don't think we even cared. We didn't even even notice. It was just natural. We were so in our own world. Well, Buddha's younger than me by a few years, so it was like his crew of friends so i was actually old so i was probably like 18 and these dudes were like pushing 16 15 and we were all taking our very first cars that any of us ever owned and just driving them across california to freaking car shows (laughs) catching them on fire on the way to vallejo and shit just (laughs) straight up adventures but it's funny that i didn't think of that last time but yeah the car shows had a huge impact absolutely with music yeah yeah and the bass for sure like yeah the, Magic, i think Mike that goes in with that yeah the cars and the bass and just the whole the whole scene is like mm-hmm. one-upping each other and shout out to reed did you go to reed when they still had the car shows um like they just let the kids out of school for a day and had a car show for the kids in so the parking amazing. lot wow yeah that sounds amazing they got rid of that eventually mm-hmm. of yes. course problematic for yeah. obviously <laughs> a lot of things yeah no also i did didn't really hang out. I'm old, yeah. In high school, I was too busy. Probably before your time. Riding BMX and like wilding out. <laughs> so how did you guys translate, you know, this love for music, that early success as a as a school DJ? <laughs> yeah. You know, it was your in, in UNR and getting, how did you guys get involved? Um, like, where did you start DJing here the first place? Do you remember? Blue Lamp. Yeah, the it was Blue definitely, Lamp. definitely the Blue Lamp. Mm. Wow. That's like before my time, I feel like. Okay. I don't think I ever went to the Blue Lamp. Where was the blue lamp at? On Sierra, I believe. It or? was behind the Eldorado, like in that shady alley. Behind the Eldorado. Okay. Yeah. Never. I don't think I ever made it I there. I never, yeah. What year was that? Uh, 96, oh. 97. Oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> we were yeah. still in high school. That's mm-hmm. Damn. So you guys have been doing this even longer than we thought. Yeah, yeah. How did that come about? Uh, what, the I blue can't lamp? imagine there was many... Uh, hip hop DJs in Reno no, no. in 1997, time, yeah. and we wouldn't even consider ourselves hip hop DJs at the time. We were just fans and listened to music. And a friend of a friend was bartending at the Blue Lamp, and our friend Chris Misdom, shout out roommate friend, was a DJ without turntables. Like some tweaky thing happened when he was in Vegas <laughs> with some roommate that just jacked his 1200s. Oh shit! Okay. So we were a couple of ding dongs with some. You guys had aid. turntables. We had no. We had financial aid money. We didn't even have turntables. <laughs> yeah, we had financial aid. <laughs> I see where this is going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the friend, yeah, exactly. The friend that didn't have the turntables but knew had the records and had the know how, had the ear, was like, "Well, we could drive to this place in San Francisco and get some Technique twelve hundreds." 
we're like, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's the industry standard turntable. It's what you have to have if you're going to be a DJ. So we grabbed my dad's minivan and a bunch of financial aid money and went to San Francisco with the homie and scooped up some Technique 1210s and took them back to the Blue Lamp. And this dude was just like, yeah, you can have Tuesdays. (laughs) (laughs) Got to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so we were like, okay, well, you know, come. And we just bought a bunch of records and became DJs, quote unquote, because I never really became like a scritchety, scratchety super DJ like that, but became like people who played music in venues type of thing, you know? Yeah. Mm. Damn. We usually put on a bunch of people. You guys, you guys know Elzo? Yeah, of we, course. Yeah. We, we were just, just hanging out with Elzo. Or, yeah, or Soros or any of those guys. Oh, those DJ were young. Soros? They were younger than us, but we would put them on because they were incredibly talented. Ecto. Elzo, Soros. Soros rolled up at when DJ. he was 16 with a crate. Yeah. And was like, can I get on? And he like, was, it's 21 and up, but yeah, <laughs> come on in. Right. So, yeah. and then Elzo came along. That collection of D, I mean, mm-hmm. they've all been on the podcast. They so all have. Yeah. Okay, cool. familiar. So nice. mm-hmm. it's crazy to see this, you know, we, we interview, yeah, yeah, every time we interview, so it's like these connections always going back mm-hmm. further and further. That's, that, yeah, we li- literally were just at Public House. Sat, shout out to mm-hmm. Elzo and Jamal. We're, we're playing some music. We were just hanging out with mm-hmm. them. Yeah, and That's speaking awesome. of Jamal, when we had turntables back <laughs> in the day, we, um, there it was like the era of Sublime and like the fusion of like yeah, the, yeah, the ska and the DJ mm-hmm. would be at the show. And so we started taking our turntables out with like JT and those guys. And that was so fun because yeah, we had the Mud Sharks. Yeah, we used to get to travel with Kaiser the Mud Soze. Sharks and Kaiser Soze and go to like Chico and different cool places and have so much fun with those dudes. And oh once again, I can't even imagine. just standing behind turntables and just playing records, nothing special at all. People come up, can you scratch? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> But wow. I know I know a feel. It know? was funny. Jamal could always jump on our turntables and do ten times better than us every time. We'd get it all set up and everything, and then he'd come up and just DJ way better than us with all of his dope reggae records and stuff. That's that's crazy. The scene goes back that far. Mm-hmm. Like, like you guys know Rodney, Rodney from mm-hmm. from Kaiser Soze, the trombone player. Oh yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So Rodney's also a really good friend of ours, and one of those dudes that back in the day when it was the Mud Sharks and then it was Kaiser Soze, it was like we would just be going out and doing shows with our best friends it was the best you know what i'm saying like and we had this grandma car uh-huh. that was so tight and we it was like gold with no hubcaps <laughs> and we'd put all the shit in there and just roll out with this green coffin in the back seat and then a bunch of crazy records in the in the trunk do you remember and, what car it was Cutlass, Cutlass Supreme or Cutlass Sierra? Cutlass Sierra, like an 83 Cutlass Sierra. My, my pops had a Cutlass yeah. Supreme. And it had the furry steering wheel and everything. Mm. It was so sick. My grandma gave it to it us. Was the, we called it the grandma car. And she rolled. Shout out to grandma once again. Yeah. yeah. Back to grandma again. Full circle. Damn. Huh. I'm, this is crazy. I'm black and gold. I'm all about it. <laughs> all about it. So this is like, this is forming up to be like you guys were meant to be this. With all this experience, mm-hmm. of course you guys got the, this, the, the bomb shelter going. So that was the late 90s, I'm guessing, when you're doing all right, that. Right. And that's and when that, we met Living Legends. And that was like almost like joining a cult. Because we knew we loved hip-hop music, but and that's finding like out about... Late 90s, that's way before they blew it. Like, bruh, finding out about what those guys were doing, Mystic Journeyman and The Grouch and Elusive Producer... And some of that stuff that was coming out of East Oakland changed us forever because it was like, oh, and it's all we wanted to listen to. But it was so positive. It was like sappy almost. It was so positive, like the old Mystic Journeyman stuff. Yeah, like I, th- I feel like it's good that Bay Area always has that kind of mm-hmm. 
positive spin on like a lot of the music that came like the hip hop that came speaking of that last i i, I chaperoned <laughs> prom last week oh how was that the, the dj played to play blow the whistle mm. in the first 20 minutes i was like oh this is good this must be a wild ass party <laughs> this is so how it's cool. going down <laughs> yes that, that's crazy you, so how did you guys i mean did you just meet them like playing music at venues or um, yeah, how'd that come That's what crazy. the living legends thing yeah yeah you went to oakland on a right. nervous breakdown yeah <laughs> nervous breakdown nervous breakup i had i got my heart broken and my friend worked for this marine company that did boat shows at the cow palace and so i knew he was getting close to the bay like and so i had heard about these cats that were down there and then so a friend of mine was like hey Source. you know jump it yeah Soros. Was like jump in the car, DJ right? <laughs> jump in the car with your buddy that has to go to the Cow Palace, get dropped off in East Oakland, ask for my friend Raycos, R.I.P. All right, oh Damn. yes, and yes. Uh, so wow. so much connections, yeah. Right, so I jump in the car and get dropped off in East Oakland, Fifty Eighth Ave, an international, I believe, and it is the Ha Mansion. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that, but um, it was Raycos and all of his friends. Uh, shout out to Super Ugly from Unified School District, mm. uh, Big Rob, uh, Jazz, Aucho. Aucho, just a, it was basically a graffiti crew living in like a loft space. And this is trippy, but their next door neighbors were the outhouse was uh, where the Living Legends started. <laughs> so it was like these adjoining lofts in, in East energy. Oakland. <laughs> and so Rakos at some point was just like, hey, you got to come and meet my friend Corey. He goes by Sunspot Jones, but you don't have to call him that. You can call him Corey. And so we go down the hallway, and we go into the outhouse. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the outhouse, but it's like where the living legend started in East Oakland. And it was Mystic Journeyman's loft. And then they moved in Merce, and they moved in Grouch, and they moved in Aesop, and they moved in Eli, and they moved in all the different living legends. And when I went down there, it was like, it was like a club for the cool kids. They had their recording set up, and they had this like, glass booth and they were making rap music and fools were sitting around smoking beaties. Have you ever seen those little beady cigarettes? No. Uh, they were smoking these weird little like Indian beady cigarettes. Like can't even explain what they were. They were like basically like tea leaves or something like rolled up in little cigarettes and all of the living legends smoked that shit. And it was like not getting them high or anything. It was like this weird like little cigarette type thing. Weird. Hmm. And yep. so that was my first impression of meeting those guys. And it was because of Rakos. Wow. Yeah. And also... Yeah, what was this, 98, 99? 98, 99, No, because no, that was when they finally came out. Oh, so right. this was probably like more like 95, like 96. Yeah, like their album didn't come out till way later then. Right, right. The Living Legends crew album? Yeah. Oh, no, this was like Mystic Journeyman time frame. Okay. And then there was like Merce's first tape and Eli's first tape and the three Melancholy Gypsies and early, like pre-Living Legends did they call themselves the Living Legends at that point? Wall- it was more Mystic Journeyman. Okay. At that point, right? But the crew was still called Living Legends, like Wu Tang was called Wu Tang. But remember when they started to have solo stuff happening in groups and mm. were peeling off from there? You know, it was kind of like that. That's insane. I love this history. Yes. Yeah. And so that friendship, we probably traded freaking MySpace or AOL Instant Messengers or whatever we traded info. Like probably me and Lucky I Am PSC from Living Legends traded information. And so we brought them out 98 to Reno, yeah, 98, yeah. 97, 98 to Reno, the whole Living Legends crew and played like area 51, like way deep in like shady, shady four street. 
and had those guys do like a full crew set like the oh, all the man. mystic journeyman and all the living legends and i have it. it on video somewhere yeah we do have video of it somewhere and they stayed at your house i yeah. listened to the, yeah, the, they the shout out to the rap dads yeah yeah, yeah shout out to i the listened rap to the interview and you you guys made them some some alfredo oh, and oh, mers put ketchup on it because he puts ketchup terrible. on everything yeah Shout out to Merce, though. We love that Founded guy. Founded Crouch, his sock, way later after they <laughs> left. And was like, what is this doing here? But it was successful because we made a lot of good friends. Obviously. Like, I mean, you guys are still friends with Merce. Absolutely. Like, yeah. We're I mean, still friends with all of them, but we keep it really close in touch with Merce, honestly. So this explains their connection. Because I, I would always be like, why do these guys mm. come to Reno? It's so A lot. Yeah. Mm. So like I, you know, I'd always go to the shows and everything. and see, I, I mean, I wasn't complaining, but I was also like, oh, well, this explains it. We took them up to Mount Rose once, and we all snowboarded, all nine of them and, and us, and rented them all the equipment. And I mean, it was a fun day. Hmm. I guess like the godfathers of hip-hop. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, like I said, we were completely all in with that hip-hop, with right. living legends that and hieroglyphics sound. and that underground pull yourself up by the bootstraps like, yeah, positive positive control mm-hmm. destiny you know everything that like sunspot jones was saying we were like yep 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 and so then it turns out that he was a big influence on some of the younger members of the living legends because like tommy psc and Corey sunspot jones they're like the the uncles of the rest of those cats you know what i'm saying I feel like I get that vibe sometimes with like the way they talk shit to them, like on the right, songs right, or in the right. ad libs or like absolutely. you know the skits and stuff. Right, absolutely. And that's a lot of dudes to get on the same page. Honestly, you know what I'm saying. I mean, so we're tough. huge fans of Wu Tang. So yeah, I, mean, I, I understand. <laughs> also, a lot of dudes to get <laughs> yeah, on the same like, page. Mm-hmm. How could I mean? I can't even do that with my group of friends, <laughs> and none of us are rich or famous. Nothing. <laughs> what did you guys think as big Wu Tang fans? What did you think of the Hulu show? It's captivating. I mean, mm-hmm. I take it with a grain of salt, having read like the book and and know like knowing. All right, like obviously a lot of this has been dramatized to make it you know more appealing for TV. But then like part of that's like the myth, of the you know of the Wu Tang. It's like at this point they are larger than mm-hmm. life. So if their origin story that they their TV show should like be take you know take all the liberties you want. I guess <laughs> I love it, and I loved like some of the really cool stuff that they did like visually and stuff with it. Yeah, like when they shot the RZA video for the Prince Rakim video and stuff, mm-hmm. that was super cool visually. I mean, it's one. Of, it's been one of the coolest experiences of my like adult life, honestly. <laughs> yeah. To like watch the cool. actor who does ODB is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kid's great. They, I mean, they like so many of them are like Dave, Dave East as oh, Method Man. Yeah, is crazy and and just yeah. I mean, it's like you know, like watching them going through. I'm like, you know, I'm always in my head like, okay. Like I remember when the song came out. You know, what was I doing when the, you know yeah. they're going through this? Just thinking back, like right. you know, I'm ten years old, and this is what they're going through. Which you know, to me, it was the coolest shit I had ever heard in my life. Like mm-hmm. I, it was just, it was indescribable how fucking cool it was. Like with the kung fu and everything, and just, I mean, obviously we're still obsessed yeah. with it here. Twenty five like, years and later, and like when you're a young kid too, you like comic books, and you just hearing all these comic book references all the time. Right. Yeah. I heard someone recently on a podcast or an interview or YouTube or something say that they were so much larger than life because they did kind of have that comic book feel like they were right. like a team. They had their alter egos. Yeah, they stuff. like had a team like the Justice League or something. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, they all had that, which was. That's one of my things I love about MF Doom, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Same thing. I feel like the great artists, like, I mean, even 
Biggie when he would like rap in different voices and have like the you know it's just it's that creativity and and creating characters as part of storytelling that you know when you're a little kid just draws you you know that because that's what it is it's storytelling right and you know you're 10 11 12 years old and they're telling these crazy stories and mentioning these things you like how could you not fall in love with it right and i remember i was considerably older when i first heard wu-tang and it still just broke my brain i was like this is it like this is the the crescendo of what (laughs) hip-hop can be yeah. But at the like, time, you know, it's just like because it was Method Man's it was album Method to Cal Man, yeah. for yeah. us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, the one it, that made my head. He explode. was the yeah Method Man was the superstar. Like yeah. that was mm-hmm. the one you learned first. But then as you got older, you know, you learned to appreciate the different right. members and right. every what I. But like I, I feel like at the time it was just like this. This is you just take it in straight. You didn't realize what you're you right. listening to fucking history. Yeah, <laughs> and that's funny that we mentioned the Living Legends and Merce earlier, but he and I had like a bestie moment where it was like, all right. What's your favorite rap record? And it was like, oh, I, I don't have a favorite. And we went through that whole thing. It was just like, no, but if you had to say, you say it, I'll say it at the same time. We both went, to Cal. Oh, shit. And I did that with Merce. And I was just like, wow, really? And he's like, yeah, really? And I was like, me too, dude. Like, that's probably that or Miseducation of Lauren Hill are probably like my very favorites ever. That's mm-hmm. funny. And so that was a connection that I had with that dude was that record, to Cal. Because like you said, that was the one that got me, really got me. And then I went back and just found everything and was less like, what is happening? Wu-Tang was mythical. Speaking of mythical, that shit's Mm. mythical. Yeah, bless the RZA. So yeah, give me all the fiction. If it's quote unquote fiction in the show on Hulu, I'm down with it. Just give it to me. Just keep giving it to me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm like, how many more seasons are they going to have? I'm trying to enjoy this He said that it would take two to finish the story. They're definitely renewed for one more. Okay. And RZA said it's going to be two if he tells the whole story. So... I mean, I'm going to watch it. We're all going to tell our friends, right? Everybody oh, out yeah. there. And, hey, listeners of the podcast, make sure oh, you sure watch it five sure times. Hey, listen, it. Yeah. yeah, I'm just like, if you're not, I don't know what's wrong with you. Shout, out to, to, shout out to Ian, the one who like told me, like, hey, season, <laughs> it's dropped. And I, I watched that. I fought, that first season I watched in like two days or something crazy. Ian Watson? Yeah. That's the dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. our dude. So he goes almost all the way back with us. Yeah. When did the, he to, the, to the origin story of oh, the, cause the green room, the, even well, earlier, even the blue, blue lamp, lamp, I would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. really, yeah. Oh man, oh, yeah. damn, I didn't look at him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that cat, that cat has been been doing the damn thing the whole time. Ian, you old. Ian and I were joking about that last night because yeah. he, he went, he went to the. I invited, like, we were out. I'm like, hey, you want to get a drink? And he's like, I'm going to the show. I'll hit you up afterwards. And he's like, I'm going home. I'm like, we just left. We're going home too. Mm. He's like, that's so cool, because we both just turned 40. He's like, that's just so 40-year-old. I'm like, yeah, man, we'll yep. go home and you know, watch some TV, have some beers, and be super comfortable next to the fire. I remember finding out he was a school teacher and just being like, see, everything might be okay. Mm. Like, that is a – and you, too. That if, When I find out that, like, cats that I really love and respect are school teachers, I'm like, damn, we might just squeak through this whole weird it. shit. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers. We've been watching uh, – Master Chef Junior, and it's like eight to twelve year olds cooking, and dude, that'll restore your faith in humanity. Oh, I mean, these kids are not playing. Kids are way smarter now than I have. Yeah. Like, I have nieces and nephews. I have three nieces and nephew, and they're all five. I'm like, these kids are so much fucking smarter than we were. When we were five. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> like we were running around like cavemen. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Even- we're like this little miniature metal car is 
really going down across this brick. Yeah. <laughs> like when I was five, I was obsessed with Matchbox cars, running or yeah, and Legos and Legos and, and like you know what they Star Wars. My brother got them their first set of Legos, and they showed they put it together. They were oh, they're fucking hooked. Like they were. Oh, like, I bet. Look, you know, they have the video, the phone. Like, look at it. Yeah, like just. I'm like, oh, I remember that. You guys, <laughs> you're hooked now. Like, that's an expensive ass toy, bro. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck supporting that, you know, hobby of theirs or habit now. <laughs> right. We had wooden blocks. We we did have Legos when we were kids, but yeah, yeah. We it was it was of, different. We had a lot of blocks mm-hmm. too. We didn't have anything that was actually our Lego sets were all jumbled. Nothing was actually. Oh yeah, that's the thing. Like, like a hand, set of yeah, I think it was hand. Yeah, you didn't have like. I wasn't until I was much older before I got like the actual sets. Yeah, that they have now, like, and now they've got like themed every you know from Star Wars to, to Harry cars. Potter to mm-hmm. wherever you want. Like back then, it was like they had like knights and pirates or something. Mm-hmm. I think that was right knights, and they, may not, and they like might the have beach, space. Right? They might have space and your imagination. And your That's imagination, it. yeah. I didn't need fucking. I didn't need a Marvel tie-in mm-hmm. to my Legos. No, because I always remember making Legos, and that's why I love architecture, but, like, making buildings and the blocks and things and, like, just creativity. Yeah, whether you're building a city, a ship, a spaceship. I always built spaceships, mm. but that was just my jam. We had those flat surfaces that were just all the little Lego pegs, mm-hmm. and some of them had roads on them. Yeah, yeah, dude, we had so some of those, too. build, like, little on cities a table. and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Matchbox car tracks. Did you guys have those tracks? We did. With the loop the loops and all that kind of stuff, and then we had uh, Tyco cars, dude. We were five, shout out to five year old Tom and Scott, man. Yeah, five year old. I remember Hot Wheels were like ninety nine cents. Like me and my brother could afford. Like Hot Wheels were ninety nine cents, and GI Joes were like a dollar ninety nine. And that's like those are the toys me and my brother could buy with our like you know little money we earned doing chores. Right back when Mervin's had like a toy department, you're like, damn, mom, whatever you're doing over there, I'm going to check out the GI I Joes. Was, I was talking about Mervin's the other day where I used to get my sneakers. <laughs> Low key, because they, I could only sometimes you get the come up. I could only afford like one or something. That was know? us when we were kids. Yeah. And, and then it was just like, sure. I'm like, hey, mom, and just this one, and that's it. I'm cool with them. Shout and out to. My dad got me the the Sean Kemp Kamikaze in seventh grade for basketball because they were at Mervin's and they were on sale for like seventy five dollars. Wow! And our shit always looked the same. He had the blue one, I had the red one. <laughs> That's how it is with brother. My Everything. brother's two years younger than me. Yep. That's how it is. You know it. You get the same shit. You're gonna get different colors. Mm-hmm. And you, you just each fall into like your little lane. Is your brother like get? Was he better behaved than you? Because this guy learned a lot of my bad behavior. He was like. Do that. My parents were pretty strict, so him and I were pretty. We, we didn't get. We tried not to get in too much trouble. My younger siblings were the ones that got into more trouble. Gotcha. Him and I, like, you know, figured it out. Yeah, <laughs> it was like the mafia with us. You know, right. like, don't say anything. We're not getting in trouble. We're not snitching on each other. Right, right. Don't tell. Them. Yeah, don't we were, tell the. We were a lot like that too. Yeah. We wouldn't snitch on each other. We wouldn't sell each other out. Yeah, I can tell how close you guys like. Yeah, obviously like, I mean, with yeah. my brother. Yeah, when you're that close in age and. You grew up in that time, you know. There was, there's a code. There's yes, a code. yes, sir. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. How did the beat? How did the not the beach? How did the bomb shelter <laughs> come about? Uh, one of our friends, Angel, actually EJ, uh, the DJ, EJ was, the DJ, yep, um, was would come. All in. these names I haven't heard. Yeah, he so would long. come in late night to the Blue Lamp, and I think he approached us and was like, "Hey, one of my friends, Angel." starting up a radio station at 93.7, Wild 93.7, and he thinks that, you know, an underground show would do really well. So 
Angel approached Todd and I and said, I think it would be great to have a brother underground hip hop show. What do you guys think? And we've listened to your music. We've listened to your play sets here in the blue lamp. You can play whatever you want. Just, you know, no cursing. So we were like, wow, (laughs) anything. Right. And then we got like a wave editor and we're like, oh, you can reverse the curse words. And so basically it opened up every song we could play Mm. as long as we edited it. We so, know, and we bomb, know that exact feeling. Yeah, and the bomb shelter was born. Yeah. Because oh, like, you guys have to do edited music for K-Wink, right? Yeah. yeah. And like that was, I'm like, anything? That was the meeting. I could that play. That was the meeting. Anything yeah. we want? I'm like, I could play what just came out yesterday, you know? Right. And then as long as it's edited. Right, right. So like we play stuff before we even hear it on the radio. Yeah. Right. Yeah, breaking songs. That's what you're doing as DJs. That's your job. Yeah. Well, that used to be and the I mean, job. That was, and that was you guys. Mm-hmm. I mean... Like I say, like we were t- trying to talk how, how long it's been. Shoot, sh- shout out to this Hip Hop Johnny. I remember him telling me about the bomb shelter. When, it was probably 2001, early 2001. We were working together. We were going to UNR together. And he's a teacher too. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was like, yeah, like Sunday night, Buddha and, and .com. Like it, you know, it, it's, it's like underground. Like, you know, yeah, back then like I was like, rebel radio we thought thing. it was like an illegal radio. Mm-hmm. I was like, these guys are fucking crazy. Yeah. This is great. Like they got, where illegal, are they? Yeah, yeah. Like illegal radio. You know, Cause like the, the whole theme, like you said, right. like in the interview with uh, the Raptor, like I was like, Oh, that's why it's called. It's the bomb mm-hmm. shelter. Cause they're underground. Like, they're hiding somewhere. And he's like, Oh, Mike, I'm thinking like, it's going to get shut down. I better start listening before it gets shut down. You know, trying Fuck to yeah. find it on and listening to it in my car, mm-hmm. like on the way home on Sunday nights. That was that crazy morning show. I mean, I know we talked about it on John's podcast, but but Man and Booger taught us that whatever we said and stuck to visually. That's what the listeners that's were what the think. listeners were gonna think. The theater of the mind, you know, it was just like, dude, they will think you're in a bomb shelter if you say so. Mm-hmm. So we were like, Well, that's a good visual, I guess. And I mean, listening to the show, like I always appreciated like the little the clips you'd play for movies and stuff right. and like the intro. Speaking of the RZA, the, that we learned all that from those dudes. You know is what that I mean? how you guys came well, up with that? just that idea. Wu-Tang and, and all the little the the Kung Fu clips and stuff. He just Living Legends did it a lot too. You know, those guys did it with just, mm-hmm. just different clips and shit. And then that just became like our style because mm-hmm. we weren't scratching. <laughs> we weren't blending. We needed a transition between songs. And so that's kind of where that was born. My dad always said content is king. So we really concentrated on the content that we were bringing. Was there like a sharp learning curve? Like if you look back to your earlier shows, do you like cringe? Like, oh, oh my God, I can't so believe how bad. we sound. They're so bad. <laughs> I, on the very first show, I said shit uh, live on, on the radio. Because I, I, no, I was so nervous and just, you know, shaking almost. And I remember Angel was the DJ in, in the studio at the time. And he kind of was introducing us to the, the the listeners he asked me some question and i was like oh shit or something and he just covered it up and said oh shiitake mushrooms or something like that and <laughs> you know but then i realized wow we are live to hundreds of thousands of people how so describe that because we've never i mean we've only done a few shows live like, yeah. how was it recording live every week did you guys pre-edit the music then oh yeah yeah and then, so we you pre-edit had- the music you'd come in so you knew so for the, the most bomb part, shel- what you're going to play? The bomb shelter came after that, like Napster revolution. So a lot of our stuff either came from our CD collection, and we would burn it to CD. But first, we would rip it to a wave editor, reverse the curse words, 
and then burn it to a CD. This is like right when you could even burn a CD. This is right. like right that like year. Cutting edge. To cutting edge, yeah. Oh, and I remember we were trying to record our shows and we would actually have the radio at home playing with dog with rabbit ears with rabbit ears and then we would record with a an eighth inch onto oh, some onto a tape yeah onto a tape i believe cassette tapes at first yeah yeah because wow. so sure. we were trying to you know archive it in like 1999 2000 we were like we gotta archive every episode so you know it's we say that it's 1033 but we're not, way ex- more. we're not exactly sure how many episodes. That's where you guys are at, 1,033. Yeah. How do you Ar- Archived keep... episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man. <laughs> we just keep track. Every, and yeah. the next one's it the next one. It just keeps going. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, I guess that's what we're doing. Wall or something? Like... <laughs> well, wow. we have a WordPress site. And every episode from that we started archiving from, going, yeah, from re- number one to 1,033 is like, yeah, you for hiphop.com. Yeah. So that's still, even though a lot of them aren't live posts, a lot of them are still drafts, quote unquote, in a WordPress site, but those are the track listings of all of the episodes. So we're at 1,033, I think is the one we just did. Yep. I would listen to you guys on Sunday nights, and then I would have my computer open so I could go look at the the set list, because I wouldn't know this. I'd be like, oh, what song was that? So I could right. go look it up, you know, and download that song or whatever. It, it being holding the hand of the listener to that point became kind of annoying because it became like, what was that last song? What was that last song? It was just like, you know, figure it out. Yeah. You know, so. Oh, yeah. That was, to me, that was part of the whole experience. Right, right, right. It's just pre-Shazam, right? Yeah. It's just like, enjoy, like, you know, I remember I heard some song Ethic played once at a, at a, he was just, you know, DJing one night and then he's DJing an art show of a friend of mine. And I heard the song again. I was like, mother, like, what's this song? You know, like, it had been like a year. And I was like, I remembered it as soon as I heard it. I'm like, hey, right. what's the song? Right, right, right. I've been trying to find it. That, to me, that's part of the whole mm-hmm. the whole experience of this culture is like, absolutely. sometimes you just got to remember that song. And the next time you hear it, find out right. who it is so you could, you know. Yeah, I was just, because you guys were playing all the stuff I love to listen to. And the homies at the time weren't on the same tip, you know? Right, 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 right. So it's just like to have people play stuff that I love. Like The Last Emperor, you guys always play oh, all the wow, time. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? And no that, that was my fucking And, like, jam. no one really knows, you know? And it's just like, you know, like, couldn't even talk to friends, but on the radio on And, you Sundays, know, it's funny. It was that really early pre-blog era. It was like message boards, post-BBS, but pre-blog. It was like message boards, like undergroundhiphop.com. And some of those message boards where we would find stuff like Last Emperor as a snippet. And then we would dive into like these insane peer-to-peer type software, not even Napster, like Audio Galaxy, Soul Seek, some stuff. And then find the fan who had the Last Emperor, but then he also had J-Live. Mm. And then he also had copyright and he also had this and we and you know what i mean you'd almost start listening to stuff based on other people's curated files that's how, i mean that's i look back now and i'm like how the hell did i get into all this underground music pre-internet right i'm like it wasn't like i'm like how did we do it and it was files searching it was like sharing. oh this guy's got a dope that song's dope like let me go friends. look at what else right. they've got mm-hmm. and then you're just like okay i'm just down you know you download something and i remember when we found slug and mm. it was just right, not slug. atmosphere, but slug. Right. And right. Uh, I found one song, and then I remember I went down in my room and found like seven more, and then came up in the next morning and was like, dude, 
listen to these. And he's like, no, 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 you didn't find more. I was like, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, you like know. the late 90s, we had like a local area network in the house with like multiple computers on the internet. <laughs> and yeah, he, we were like sharing files. So you guys were like, always up on the technology. Way yeah. nerdy. Yes, yes. We were way dorky. So he would be like, hey, I put, you know, 11 new Aesop rock songs on your desktop of your like Windows 98 PC, you know what I'm saying? Like, no. That I found last night on SoulSeek. Because we didn't fuck with uh, LimeWire or any of those. We were just told early on by the super nerdy people that we trusted not like, to fuck not with to those. Get on those. Right. And they were like, but there's these alternatives that are much better and they're more curated and all the files are safe. And we were like, well, shit, tell us about those. <laughs> so SoulSeek, I keep saying it, but if you looked it up, you would be like, that is a bugged out version of people like actually trading vinyl or trading mixtapes or something. It's like a early, early version did you, of that. Did you have to get like invited to it or something? Yeah, it was definitely okay. an invite, but everybody, everybody that I knew was all invited to it. But the really cool thing about it, it was with that, that if you got into like someone's files, it would have everything. If they were really um, anal about keeping all their files, you know, cleaned up, they would have every genre and then you'd go into a genre folder and then it would have alphabetized Album artists, and then within those that would be their albums, and you could just grab it all. So fucking lucky! Oh, it's all streaming. No, because when I went to college, what two thousand two, I had a friend from L.A. I'd give him, I got like an iPod, and he'd go to his homie's place, download everything he had. Yeah, we all had the one person like you who was the yeah, and then he'd bring me some wild mixtapes, wild stuff that he's like, I don't know, my friend downloaded it. So now you guys know the origin of DJ.com. Because mm-hmm. wow. I was he was the com. I was getting stuff off the interwebs for the <laughs> homies. There you have it, people. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I think this is the perfect time to take a, a break, Caesar. Okay. And you have a song. a song. What's your song of the week this week? <sighs> I'm excited. Yeah. You know, Paul Wall, terminology, especially term, heavy on the bars, you know? Paul Wall, funny. They got the album that just came out. They did together. We played uh, a song on the radio. On the radio, mm-hmm. but this one is like the single they came out with was "Recognize My Car." So, listen and enjoy, guys. Salute. Will you guys just slow it down and make it? Funny? Oh, we gotta like, slow it down. I like to drive real slowly, riding clean, everybody wanna be my homie, pop trunk show me, bobbers wanna blow me, they recognize my car even if they don't know me, they recognize my car even if they don't know me, pop trunk show me, bobbers wanna blow me, riding clean, everybody wanna be my homie, that's why I like to drive real slowly. Well, it's the slow flow professional, the greatest of all Adverb superb on point like Chris Paul It's the original wall, poking out while I crawl Trunk propped up tall as the fifth wheel fall From age time to bean time, all the way to New York Broke them off, left them broke, slab got them to go I don't mean to gloat, the paint's so cleaner than soap Exterior wine berry with the inside toe Oh yeah, the Cadillac float is quite crucial Leather seats, buttercream, softer than a poodle When I'm clean, I tend to drink Drive a little slower than usual If you take a picture, I got first right refusal I'm the Metamucil So basically that mean I'm the big shit My competition nothing but big shit I whip all competitors quicker than Bisquick Find Mama Cedar with me and she a mixed fit That's why I like to drive real slowly Ride 
riding clean, everybody wanna be my homie. Pop trunk, show me. Poppers wanna blow me. They recognize my car even if they don't know me. They recognize my car even if they don't know me. Pop trunk, show me. Poppers wanna blow me. Riding clean, everybody wanna be my homie. That's why I like to drive real slowly. Hey yo, my neck is freeze, make a lot of dough and the extra cheese. Gotta make the balls match the beat when you mess with Pete. No sapphires in my stones, just fire in my stones. Even my tires fire stone. Monday, I'm in the Mercury, LA weather. Tuesday, sway leather, Bobby Boucher sweater. Wednesday, we at the wash and they hitting the wheels. Thursday, we in the lack and she clacking the heels. Friday, kick back, move a package and chill. Money green, Bonneville, laid back in the hill. Saturday, making change, do my thing in the hearse. Sunday, pick up my kids and I swing in the church. You know what's real when P-Rock reaching out for a verse. You gotta murder it worse, then you further rehearse. I got the 15s bumping in the trunk of my Benzo. Watching when they try and act cool, but pretend no. Cruising like we at the beach, cooling in my Jaguar seats. Actually, everything I'm doing is a masterpiece. Fresh from Italy, Carrera GT. And my man Wise P in the Porsche next to me. Come on. Feel the breeze from the sea when it's top down. Couple cheese off the beach, time to shop now. These wanna plot now. When they see my blouse bling, I'm getting love and used to like Yao Ming. That's why I drive real slowly, riding clean. Everybody wanna be my homie. Pop trunk, show me. Poppers wanna blow me. They recognize my car even if they don't know me. They recognize my car even if they don't know me. Pop trunk, show me. Poppers wanna blow me. Riding clean, everybody wanna be my homie. That's why I like to drive real slowly. Welcome back. That was Caesar's Song of the Week. It was recognized by Carr, by Paul Wall and Terminology. Talk about the 90s feel vibes on that. And how funny it is we were talking about car shows and things like that. Like the synergy. It's great. Mm-hmm. I have to thank Paul Wall for telling me about Toby and when we. Toby Wigwe, I think is how you say it. But that juice song that we Merce played on his Twitch and it was had this dude that was Paul Wall obviously was on the song. But then there was this other dude with this the coolest vibe. And we've been on Toby for a long Toby time. Toby I don't know, even know how we did, like I don't even know how. That was how I found him. out about him was on that Paul Wall song. Yeah, because we've been on him since the very beginning. Like when our first show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It was just maybe the internet. The algorithm spit them out to me. Or something. That's right? the thing now, like but. with YouTube or something, like because I would just play YouTube in class, like when the kids were working. All the time, you know, and just try and make like mixes that had no curse words in it. And so, you know, it would always have the suggestions. And because he made the cool music videos and they're super, I mean, his stuff, my niece and nephews like dance, you know, like act out the the video, the music, because he has like the kid, his kids in them. Oh, it's the whole aesthetic that they're working with is 10 out of 10. Shout out to that whole camp. H-Town. H-Town. Dude, the lady, the cousin. Fat. Yeah, Fat's amazing. Everybody. It's wild. Yeah. And still people haven't heard of them, but they need to. We're doing our best. All of us here. That was the first pandemic live stream concert that I bought a ticket to. Oh, really? That was Toby's uh, pandemic experience or whatever they call it. It was wonderful. It was like three hours of just people pouring their hearts out the whole time. 
Okay. And just like the best visual aesthetic the whole time. Just awesome dancing and just so well I put together. I just, yeah. But it's, also about that song, Chameleon Air, where you at? Chameleon <laughs> Still waiting. <laughs> the Still remix waiting for Chameleon Air. With the remix. Well, salute to Paul Wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thanks, Caesar, for that, that song. Yeah, like that old school, uh, who they sample on that one? I, I totally forgot. But they have that 90s sample. Yeah, I mean, that song sounds like it was made in 1991. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question for you guys. We've talked about the bomb shelter. Talk about the Beach Hut Deli, where we're at right now. So you guys are not only musicians and DJs, but you're also entrepreneurs and business owners. How did this, how did this come about? You're I mean, not, I remember your old, the old, the original location. You're not going to believe this. But in 2006, I was sitting at my boat salesman job for Cope McFeeders. Rainy, terrible November day. Not selling a boat. And I read <laughs> a horoscope. Uh, okay. This, this is a fucking great buckling. story. Yeah, this is a fucking great story. So I read a horoscope that said, go through all your old um, business cards. So as a boat salesman, I had a shit ton of business cards. But about a month or so before that, we had been down in Granite Bay, California, where we grew up. And Troy Feist, the guy, the founder of Beach Hut Deli, handed me his business card and said, we just franchised, started franchising. We have three here in Granite Bay, Rockland, and Roseville. You guys should do one up in Reno. And I, at that time, it was a quick interaction. We were having a beer or having a sandwich or whatever. And just put the, the business card in my pocket and it went into the stack. So that day when I read the horoscope... And I was going through the stack of all these business cards. I came across Troy's business card, and I was like, damn. So I called him and was like, I hate my job. I hate what I'm doing. I'm working for somebody else seven days a week. I, I, you know, making good money, but I just, you know, at a dead-end job, and I, I, you know, I hate it. He's like, well, you know, Christmas is coming up. Are you guys going to be down here with your parents? And I said, yeah, we're going to be down. He said, come by, and we'll talk about it. So my brother and my dad and, and myself all went to the beach hut or at that point it was beach house. Um, and, uh, we had a great meeting and man, one thing led to another and, uh, took a leap of faith, gave my boss my two weeks. My boss looked me in my eyes and said, I want to do that. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. He, well, that's, that's, that's his feel, that's gonna make immediate good. reaction. And uh, I said, hey, I'll train whoever I need to do to do my job that I'm doing here, but I'm, I'm done. So we had taken a loan out from the house at that point. Um, we had had a little equity in the house. Taken a loan out from the house, we uh, found a location that was absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and yes, it was terrible. <laughs> and We uh, knew nothing. We, are, we went over this part where we were art majors, right? <laughs> okay so art majors huge leap to, of faith yeah. and uh signed a lease signed an loi and uh we actually were building the location was still dirt and um, didn't have walls didn't have anything so we were able to, to kind of construct it the way we wanted and uh for seven years we were in that location struggling and barely barely made it 
we opened up another location downtown. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Inside Calm Row. That was my shit. I loved that. And uh, that's when we were trying to to merge the beach hut and the bomb shelter. So at that point, we had the the bomb shelter studio down in Calm Row. And we were doing shows. And they really were supporting everything that we were trying to do with the beach hut, with the bomb shelter, with the shows and stuff. And it was really a cool vibe was happening. And then eventually they closed down Comro and they gave yeah. us the opportunity. Either you can come back in nine months when we open back up or we can let you out of your lease. So we chose to get out of the lease down there, which kind of sucked because we had that bomb shelter studio, which was really dope. And uh, I mean, we were just trying, you know, and I think that's kind of why we ended up closing the, the Rob Drive location and the downtown location. And then we did this one location here that's on McCarran. So uh, we closed down two and opened up one really successful. And if I wrote a book on it, it would be called Location, Location, Location. Yeah, because that location might be better now because there's no, so many not. more homes. It's, it's not still worse. Not, no. It's worse now? It's worse. Is there nothing in that shopping center? Nothing. There's, it's a yoga studio, the old beach. Wow. Oh, yeah. dang. And I called them because I accidentally had something shipped there. And she's like, yeah, we don't get the mail. Oh dang! And I was like, "Tell them what you had shipped there." My alchemist, rare, 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 oh, rare no. alchemist, oh, no. Boldy James. Oh, oh no! Oh man! Like oh, no. colored vinyl, like not autographed. It's still but sitting in there. It's still sitting in there. <laughs> About to go drive my car just over the mailbox and just be like, "Oh, it's weird. in there still." It's yes. got to be in there still. Yeah, I remember but shout out to Alchemist Alk Records though because they sent the, it was their bad to send it sending it to that location so. They resent it within like three days. Nice. And I got my package. So I got my Boldy James records. <laughs> so yeah, on a um a crazy, you know, wing and a prayer. <laughs> so when did look into the sky. When did the original location open? Two thousand six. Like, okay. February fifth, two thousand six. Shout out to Brienne, because she was the one that told me about you guys. Like she was because she was working there. Aww. And she she oh, was I like, I love oh, you, Brienne. Yeah, we love you, Brie. Yeah, she listens every week. So yeah, we had to. I remember going and yeah, bring she bring them there. I was like, this place is so fucking cool. And then you guys had shows there. Yeah, who cares shows and all kinds of really cool shows. Again, such a cool place for, at a time where I needed a fucking cool place in Reno. I God feel like damn. we threw a merch show in this room right here at some point. We did for, no, your, for your birthday. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely. I, I was we were, yeah, that was a crazy night. That, that was, was fun. That was a crazy <laughs> night. We tried to not let anyone know that Merce was playing. Oh yeah, like it's just who cares in Unified School District. That's it. But everybody had seen him hanging out here all week, and they're just like, "I bet Mars is gonna rap in that show." And sure enough, for this guy's birthday, he just what birthday of that was yours? Fortieth. Wow, Mm. that was a long time ago, dude. Don't (laughs) I'm not trying to make you. (laughs) That was six years ago, sir. Six years? Oh man. Because I'm like that was I was in a whole other stage of my life, right? Because <laughs> May 13th is uh, there's my like birthday. a thousand people trying to get in this room. Yeah, was, uh, not a thousand, probably 500 people trying to get. Well, in Well, this here. wall wasn't here, right? Mm. Yeah, this was all. It was the all one room, all one room. Oh my god! But shout out to Merce for doing cool stuff like that for us, man. That guy does not have to hook us up the way he does. He's yeah. he's the dude. Yeah, that's what I was like. This is so fucking and a unified and a Ernie. Yeah, yeah, and all those guys, man. Yeah. That was such a good birthday present. It was definitely a good night. Yeah, right. I'd, I remember. Didn't that. we have the margarita truck here? Yes, yes. the yes. margarita truck. <laughs> we then, met them. Like, yeah, we like. <laughs> I, at like, some point, the like the uh, like a bus of all the other beach hut people showed up too, 
and then the party like integrated with the beach hut crowd and then our reno hip-hop crowd and, and my was, parents were here and our parents were here dude, yeah yeah that was an, such an insane night because we like met the margarita guy because then we were going to have them on the podcast or something and then oh, you something should happened. no that was a long that guy will blow your mind if you have him podcast. on the podcast you was definitely that before will. the podcast we just we just yeah, became shout out to sean. With him. his name's sean as yeah, well sean you want him on your podcast <laughs> that guy's got yeah. stories yeah and he goes way, way back in the hip-hop of, mm-hmm. of reno as well soros and he's one of soros's best friends oh okay yeah Damn, Soros, give us the number, dog. He's the yeah. reason that there's so many good um, photos of some of the graffiti early, mm. late 90s, early 2000s graffiti from the Reno crews. Like, Sean took a lot of the photos. Nice. Nice. Mr. Margarita Truck plug. Think of a better business model. I dare you. Oh, when he's, yeah, I remember talking to him that night. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> this is <laughs> the smartest shit anyone's ever done. And the fact Fuck that Scott yeah. wanted it here at his birthday is even more amazing. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe I talk was trying to talk about doing something at one of the Holland shows or something like that. Because it was six years ago. Yeah, that is before the podcast. Mm-hmm. We were going to do something together, and then like I forgot what happened. You know, we were probably drunk when we were trying. He to was going to bring out. tequila to wherever you were doing. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yes, <laughs> to whatever. Th- and he we also brought tequila here, so you know, bless his heart. Time warping. It was, yes, great times, great times. So that's the story on the beach hut. Wow, that's and crazy. It's been two oh six. How long is that? That's. I don't know. In my head, everything's still 2020. So that's right, <laughs> exactly. So if it were 2020, so 14 plus two, 16 yeah, years. So 16 yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Man, February 5th was 16 years. Still going strong. Mm-hmm. Still going strong. Pivoting. We're sitting in the pivot room yeah, right now. Yeah, that's the arcade is no more. People, <laughs> no. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. We still have some great games here out in the lobby, but no more arcade. Well, I'm excited for what you guys are going to do. It's going to be cool. Future, yeah, it's going to yeah. be awesome. We'll keep everybody posted. Well, speaking of future things, tell us about this app mm-hmm. that you guys have gotten going. That's all you.com. Don't even. <laughs> Sorry, I was burping. You guys have your own app, though. Like, yeah, this we is. Do. We've wanted an app for since there was such a thing as an app. <laughs> this is crazy to me. Tried to teach myself how to write apps at some point. That's hard. Didn't want to do that tried to hire a company and like laid out in Photoshop because I'm a graphic designer. So I was able to lay out the look and feel of what I wanted and the functionality that I wanted. And just couldn't get it together. And they were like, Oh, 20 grand. grand. Yeah. <laughs> and so wow. we didn't just have 20 grand laying around. And so <laughs> we didn't do it then. That was probably like what? 2010 when we, yeah. somebody told us that 2011. <laughs> so then I went back to the drawing board, tried to learn Xcode, which is like the iOS language again, no dice. And uh, that's when we started bombshelter.fm, which was a mobile site. Right. And I knew how to make WordPress sites. I knew how to make websites. So I was like, I can do this. Found a little web player, you know, linked it to some MP3s and started slowly but surely learning how to broadcast to uh, a URL, basically. Because on you go to bombshelter.fm, you just hit the play button and it would play. Right. Forever. Forever. Exactly. <laughs> So recently, probably within the year, I started looking to upgrade that system. Everything was running out of the house. It was running on Winamp, believe it or not. Do you guys remember Winamp? Yeah, mm, a little bit. Yeah, back in the day when you would get your Napster files, you would play it with a program mm-hmm. called Winamp. We we're still using Winamp for <laughs> bombshelter.fm until like last year. And I contacted this company out of the UK, believe it or not, and they 
offered the backend functionality that we were using for bombshelter.fm. Basically just, hey, give us a bunch of files and we'll just make sure that they play to this URL. If people hit the play button, they'll hear it. Well, they also were like, we can offer iOS and Android apps with the same functionality. And I was like, wait, what? You know, because we were paying X amount of dollars for it to, to have it do what it was doing for bombshelter.fm, but then tag on like 12 more bucks a month and they were like, we'll do an iOS oh, wow. app. Mm. So we were That's like, a lot less than $20,000. You know yeah, what I'm right? saying? Right. But we were also in 2022, not 2010. Right. You know what I'm saying? In 2010, fools were treating it like it was HTML. I'm the HTML wizard and I know how to make your page pink. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you will give me money and I will make your font change. You know what I'm saying? They were still in that mode with apps. Apps have obviously been yes, streamlined. The bar is much lower now. The bar is much lower. And these guys had a very nice streamlined template, I would call it, for lack of a better word. And they were just like, give us your look and feel, give us your logos, give us your content, your music, your sweepers, all that stuff. And everything that we had was the edited material that we've been using for the radio for that you've been years. archiving, right? Archiving all one thousand yeah. something episodes, right. right? Look at it coming back around, it's coming right. back around. So we could provide track lists to, to those if we wanted to, but part of it, like you said earlier, was it's pretty cool to make the people do a little bit of research. I mean, Shazam exists now, so you don't have even have to try that hard. Mm-hmm. You could Google half a bar, and you're going to find the song. You yeah, know, you know? we started. When we first started our show, we would put the track list up on the, our website, and then I was like, you know what? Like, I, no. Mm-hmm. This is a radio show. This is not how radio shows right. are done. Like, well, I, and it's some a of, mix. It's, right. it's very, some of the, you know. Some of the initial feedback we got for the Bomb Shelter app was like, oh, I want to be able to fast forward and rewind and pick my songs. And I'm like, no, this is <laughs> emulating radio, quote unquote. It's non-interactive. You get to just sit back and listen. That's what we're doing. And that's what you guys do with your show, you know? And that's, that's yeah. When I, we used to listen to uh, the, your website, that was the cool thing. Because it was like, I don't have to worry about uh, changing it. I don't have to worry about the playlist ending or going over. It's just... Let it ride. Let it ride, yeah. Did you guys listen back when we were looping like the old O2 shows and stuff? Because there were some funny ones. <laughs> I mean, I just then. remember that, yeah, you would have the old shows. And every once in a while, I would, so I would check, check through... Like the RZA interview? Have you heard that one? I don't think so. That's oh, a good one. It wasn't, yeah, I didn't start listening every week until like probably, I want to say my senior year of college, so like 2005, I started oh, okay. listening every week. Before then, it was like more sporadic just because my life was more sporadic. <laughs> like, I like to be the same place every Sunday night at the same time. It was too much to ask. Yes, exactly. It's too much to ask for us still. <laughs> Saturday nights, it's like, hey, every Saturday at 9 p.m., you have something... You- you have an obligation. <laughs> wow. Well, this has been a great interview. We're going to take a second quick break and then uh, wrap this up. Cool. So I have a song of the week this week. It is brand new. Just came out, I believe, this is Friday because it was Good Friday. It is by Code of the Friend. And uh, listen and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nigga can't be starting no. Let me outside to the bag way. Even going high on a bad day Niggas want smoke, now they sitting in the ashtray Yeah, homie, I don't really get the joke Gotta send a hating nigga that way That way, sitting in the pathway Got a good girl, better hit her with your last name Yeah, coming from the city of cold My old head's never seen a milli before My dread bro hit me, trying to give me a O My dead bro's always with me out on the road 
you my young boy, do not front Stay down and I pay my dues I'm still living through my young And my girl so proud of how much I grew Cause that old me hell that grudge This new me, let that go So much, I'ma tell my son So much fun on this front It's time I collect my rose And I know that life Life is good People wanna see you down bad, I don't do it for these niggas, I just get a good laugh I'ma keep it real low, even though I could brag I be moving on a hush, picking up a good bag, no flex Just facts, walking my dog while I'm taking out trash I am not a fan of replaying my past Going super saying every saying I rap like, yeah I'ma put the writing on the wall, Lil' Cole to see it when he grown Show him how to get it with his hands, it ain't easy trying to be a man When you only doing what you know, and what you know is limited I hope you grow and get the shit you want I hope it matches up with what you need And make your life reflect what you believe Life Life is good Put the hate out like a cigarette, ah Niggas only living on the internet, ah King Coda, why you ain't bitter yet, ah Mad cause I haven't hit a ceiling yet, nah I ain't need a loan or a label My shit move when I say so Lil Coda two holding pesos 1500 pounds on his birthday See me, you stepping through the gates, ho, yeah I been through it all, yeah Wrote down all that I saw, yeah Broke down, then I woke up, then I rose up, then I walked out of that door, yeah We gon' be good, put it on my mama Sun gon' shine, put it on my commas Rain gon' come, and we pray for that Cause this growth here came from that And I know that life Life is good Life Life is good Welcome back, guys. That was Sean's song of the week, and it was Good Friday by Kura the Amigo. Like we need to find out who does this production. Apparently, it's him. But such a fantastic song, and you said he's your favorite favorite artist right now. Yeah, he's easily. It's crazy. It's it's funny to discover someone new and organically, and then like watch them kind of blow up as you've started mm-hmm. to listen to them. I feel like over the last year, that's what's ha- like. It went from some guy I heard on a song to now I'm like following him closely and, and just watching him grow. And, and this record's going to drop. And I think because John was like, as an MC, was like upset. He's like, I wish he was bigger. I wish he was bigger. And I'm like, dude, he hasn't even really dropped his debut album yet. Like, we're still waiting on this record and it's going to, he's going to be big, I think. Yeah. No, he's heavy on features right he's, now. He's, too. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, when other people are putting you on before, that's when you know you're the next thing. Right. Who's he, who's he featured with? Um, the the static was a static selector. So static made an album with him. Right, right. The, the, the Kill a Sunrise. Yeah, then yeah. I played something this week, or you played something too. The collaborate song. There was another. The Marlin was it Marlon Marlon Craft? That's Marlon Craft. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just like that's a. I mean, those are widely different right? collaborators. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's my favorite thing about underground hip hop is you, like you said, you find someone like Coda. And it gives you that feeling again, like when I was searching on, you know, for Slug back in the day. 
You know? I mean, it's you describing it, I'm like, that shit is like drugs. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like I listen to like, you know, Spotify has like your weekly discovery. And I listen to that shit looking, like hoping to find that person. And it's like so rarely happens. But when it does, like that shit is like, man, that few things hit like that. Yeah. I, I remember <laughs> in the mid 90s when he was finding those slug files on Audio Galaxy or Soul Seek or whatever. He was like, oh, and I found this other artist in the same like area in this guy's files called Aesop Rock, and it's really cool. And we started listening to that, too. And it was like, what record was it? It was like Labor Days? Something that Probably, old. Yeah. Or even yeah. earlier, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah that, oh, it was that the... Was... Oh, no, 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 no. What song is that? I don't remember those it's, song uh, names. It's too old. No Splash yep, is, I think, what that song is called from Labor Days or something. But anyway, yeah, early. And when you realize that Slug was the guy in Atmosphere, and because the, the file names were everything back then. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because so, you know, they'd be mislabeled or right, something. Right, or they absolutely. would have like their name like Slug, but you like the song it would be by Atmosphere, so you'd be confused, and then like you'd see it somewhere else, and you're like, okay, I get it now. Like This is the guy. Right. Like yeah. And then there was Spawn. And you were like, wait, there's another MC in Atmosphere? What's happening? I thought it was Sean, and there was Spawn and Sean. Ah, the good old days. Yeah, Remember so when Sage Francis hit you up, and you were just so tripped out? Yeah, he <laughs> sent me the artificial intelligence uh, tape, cassette tape, to like, in the mid-90s, I got the artificial, and that this is way before De La called their album that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what Sage's punk band was called, and then it was also, he did Spoken Word. Have you guys heard The Mullet? Poem? Yeah. Oh, wow. Look that up. When you go back through this, like pause when you're doing the production and be like, Sage Francis, the mullet, and just listen to that and be like, okay. I have to say, after hearing you guys explain that you guys purposely made or played uplifting and positive music, like sometimes, like that was just such a good way to start your week every week, like staying up late, listening to, like, uh, what was the song that, uh, was it Sage Francis that did, um, Talking about like it's going to be better. Best uh, of times. Best of times. That's the one that Melancholy said that he was like actually sad, actually driving around in Reno. And that song came on and it like lifted his spirits. And he was like, yeah. oh, the bomb shoulders got magic powers or something. <laughs> yeah, like, you, you know, you said, it would say good music for your soul, but it was like, and you guys, you know, I didn't think, you know, that you chose it that way. But the positively definitely was a good way to start my Sunday because, yeah. Ramesses is the one that came up with good music for your soul. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Pharaoh. Yeah, you guys know Pharaoh, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's family right there. (laughs) Ah, This brings back so many memories. All right. Very nostalgic. Next up, we have our meandering questions section. These questions, we uh, try and tailor them specifically to our guests, some of them, and some of them we ask to everyone. So are you guys ready? Yes, sir. Yes. All right. The first question. What is something that frustrates you about hip hop culture? You want to go first? Uh, I'll say the know it all hip hop heads. I hate that. <laughs> be humble, be chill. It's okay to not have heard of someone. Yeah, you know. Especially like, nowadays with the internet. Right. <laughs> and so that that to me is is one of the fingernails on the chalkboard for me. It's not a contest. No. It, like it, you're, it, yeah, you want to be 
putting people on, not like making them feel bad. Right. Okay. Yeah, and I would say for me, it's just the um, we've dealt with so many artists, and I would say ninety nine percent of them are so cool and so humble. But the one percent that's not, that's not a good look. Yeah, yeah. The stories you guys have told, and just yeah, listening to you guys talk about the, the artists you work with, they you know they they're regular people. Exactly. And we've, I would say I could count on one hand out of hundreds of artists that we've interacted with that weren't cool. Like in this lane. Hmm. Oh, we could say some names, but we're not going <laughs> to. No, we're not going to. It's funny. That. People always do that. Mm. When we talk, like uh, DJ IQ. Yeah. Off the air, he was like, I'll tell you a story. Yeah. But like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have some off the air stories for sure. Tight. But like, you know, interacting with people like Aesop Rock and Merce and Slug and. <laughs> I mean, we could go on and on and on and on and just the coolest, most humble people that informed us early on how to behave. Like Dark Time Sunshine. Those guys came through here and were some of the coolest cats. And to this day, I love their music because of how cool they were. Yeah, Henri Osborne. Shout out to that guy. They make that impression on you. Absolutely. Awesome. Next one. How do you see streaming apps like Twitch affecting gaming and hip hop as we move into the future? That's for you.com. <laughs> well, or what, what? okay, so Twitch is really in the game in a weird way, right? Twitch is a gaming site for watching people play video games. It started trying to get into lifestyle stuff a little bit. But then we went into a global pandemic and a million DJs lost their jobs, Right. So all of a sudden, all these DJs decided that they were going to go on Twitch. And this is like April, May 2020, I believe. <laughs> You're good. Anyways, uh, that changed Twitch forever because Twitch is a very gaming-centric community that was kind of starting to get into lifestyle and what they called IRL streaming, which was in real life. So where like Andy Milanakis would travel to Greece and like film himself doing that and stuff. But when the DJs came to Twitch, it changed everything. It was like... Gosh, it was kind of like the revolution of people getting turntables and becoming quote unquote DJs the first time around. It was really interesting to watch because the same cats bubbled to the top. Scratch Bastard, Shortcut, um, DJ Jazzy Jeff, uh, DJ House Shoes. Like the people that. That's the thing. Like all these DJs who have been around forever now are all of a sudden super popular again. Right. Like Scratch Bastard. Nothing against him, but he was not as popular as he is with now with his Twitch community. Uh, My friend Dustin uh, from Sacramento, DJ Epic, is like a massive Twitch DJ. He plays all vinyl, Soul Breaks. He's the guy that does uh, Motown on Mondays with Friends with Ethic and Soros and those guys. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, dude, his Twitch community is the truth. Like, there's some people that have really, really, really... Is that what we're kind of talking about? Like, is the music side of Twitch? Yeah. Just, Where is it going? Like, how is it changing, you know, this... Well, having just developed this app, I know that there's hoops that you have to jump through to legally stream music. We did that for the Bomb Shelter app. It's everything's... All the... T's are crossed all the because I did see like they were changing the rules on like how you could stream the music while you're DJing and there's limits to it you really uh, technically you shouldn't do it on Twitch but if you do it live and you don't archive it you're good but as soon as you start archiving it it becomes archiving copyright material and Mm. making it available for playback and that's not okay yeah yeah so performing it live still is kind of a gray area but I think that 
what we've learned because of the streaming platforms, the DJs being out of work and the pandemic, that there is a lane for this. Right. Live streaming DJs, people interacting with live chat. Hey, Sean, thanks for coming through. Good to see you. And then like Sean the whole throws, versus thing. Yeah, like, Sean throws emotes in the chat and the whole thing. And it just becomes this cool interaction that's like as somebody that's been DJing their whole life. It was a new it was like we were inviting the people to the to the DJ booth. Because we spent our whole, we spent our, no, they're, they are drunk. But I mean, they're not, (laughs) they're not interrupting you. And and they are interrupting (laughs) you. They are. But there's just a, just enough of that disconnect that you're actually wanting to interact with these people. It's not the drunk girl at the DJ booth. It's different than that. Can you play Taylor Swift? Right. Because if somebody says, can you play Taylor Swift in the Twitch chat? You just pretend like you didn't see it. But if Caesar jumps in and he's just like, yo, that atmosphere song you played last week was so dope about the blah, blah, blah. And I was just wondering if maybe in your two hour set tonight, if you could squeeze that in, that would be great. Suggesting it, it's different. And it just becomes this really cool interaction. And then slowly but surely, you curate this community on Twitch. And it's something that I've never experienced as a DJ. Like, been doing it my whole life. And you always were thwarting the interaction with the person while you were DJing. And this is different than that. There was an app, not an app, there was a website, probably... I was just thinking It was around it. 2009, 2010, I think it was called like FM, FM or something.com, where there were like these rooms, and like there would be different, like hip-hop room, or underground hip-hop room, and there was like five DJ spots, and like you would, you have like your little DJ avatar, and you'd get, wait to get up there, and each person would play a song, and everyone in the room would like vote yes or no on the song and the more points you got the longer you got to stay up yep i've i've did you remember that i've been the guy that got to stay up for a long yeah. time so that's kind of i mean that's the closest thing i can think of to this is what you're, what you're describing yeah it's it, yeah exactly it was very much like that it's very much like um being on aol instant messenger with your homie and just sending files back and forth because back then remember we all had giant folders with files mm-hmm. right so it was just like, yo, have you heard this song? Oh yeah, I have. Have you heard this song? And we were just always like, you do using the, the functionality of AOL Instant Messenger to like send ME3s back and forth, kind of like that. But like you said, with a crowd. Sweet, mm-hmm. can't wait for the future. Yeah, yeah. So Twitch is a trip, and I think what the future holds for Twitch is either Amazon, in my opinion, just needs to foot the bill. They need to make it so I can pay. 150 bucks a year and then i'm allowed to to play to, whatever, to play music, whatever you music i want yeah yeah that's how it works with the app and i think twitch will get there i think that twitch is just at this point in its development is more like the needle not the drug does that make sense mm-hmm. like yeah they don't really want responsibility for what's inside the, the they don't want the responsibility the for what system. right right yeah. they're just like no we're just the the platform and we told you not to play copywritten music so you know we'll, we'll see what so, happens if they don't someone else will mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, the Beach Hut has given us a lot of tools to be able to do things properly. So when he comes to me and says, hey, do we need to? And I'm like, yes, pay ASCAP. Yes, pay BMI. Yes. Right. You know, we want to do all the proper things and do the right, you know, things for for this to be legit and, and to have longevity. So when you talk about the DSPs, the digital streaming platform, Spotify, Apple, Tidal, those are here to stay. Yeah. The interactive DJ live streamy stuff is still figuring out what it's going to be, in my opinion. I know that it's something, though. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to go away. No. no. Especially, like, I look at my students, and, like, that's so many of them, their first concerts have been that way. Right. 
Or like that's how they've experienced because the, you know they grew up in the pandemic and they Mer- couldn't go to there was no concerts. So right, Merce made a really good point recently. He was, uh, we were right on the cutting edge of we're mid pandemic. Merce has got his own Twitch channel. We're like we're gonna live stream a Merce concert on Twitch and we're gonna be the first pandemic concert live stream. Blah blah blah. A lot of people did that over the two years. Toby was one of the people I saw. Run the jewels did the, Run the, the jewels get out did the vote a thing. Brilliant one. I, there were some people that did it really well. Toby was one of them. Run the Jewels was one of them. Chance the Rapper was one of them. Chance yeah. did an incredible thing. It was all pre-recorded, but Chance's thing was cool. Yeah. And uh, I think what we saw post-pandemic is that can we say that? But we're, are we post-pandemic? Mm. Who knows? I mean, I haven't <laughs> worn a mask in a couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking that today when we were at the bar. I was like, we're all just sitting here drinking, acting like it's not happening. So yeah, yeah we're it's good. post-pandemic. Yeah, like, we're in the post-pandemic. I keep thing. waiting for. Something to, so Merce flip. made a good point. He was just like, okay, so Amazon bought Twitch. Amazon laid back in the cuts and they watched the people try to live stream their concerts on Twitch and try to do this and try to do that and green screens and smoke machines and all that stuff. But Amazon was just like, you know, what we'll do is when we can have crowds again, we'll kind of, you know, take what we learned from Twitch and these live streamed concerts and we'll start doing big production live streams which was what that tyler was yeah which is what that dream fest with live people with live people booms and real sound and real production and real because it it does add another element fuck it's awesome bro it's with the crowd yes it's a huge deal tyler's show was a little obnoxious because everybody had their phones we just went and saw chris rock two nights ago and they zipped our phones up in those little bags Mm -hmm. that should be standard for concerts and festivals in my opinion like that, it wasn't that big a deal. Like Chris Rock asked us to do it because he was shooting a Netflix special or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Went in a special line, put our phones in these little bulletproof weird zip bags, and watched the show. As soon as the show was over, there was a lady with a little magnet, and it disengaged it. We got our phones out, and none of it leaked. Like it felt special. I was going to say specialer. It felt more special. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It felt much more special to be experiencing that with those people and nobody because i mean the tyler show is intense dude nine out of ten people had their phones up they were watching the show on, on their, their phone from the crowd while the live show was 100 feet in front of them can i change my what my one of my things is Ooh, yes. that's my the i think phone, thing? phone yeah. thing is probably my worst pet peeve at a show when someone's just putting this phone right in front of you watching the show yeah. through the i always phone. try to take like a little mm-hmm. like picture or 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 uh of maybe your favorite song. A clip yeah right, just right. to like look back on i love looking back on it like you know especially like you know yeah. i've been to so many shows now like looking back on some show i saw 10 years ago and being oh man that was a crazy night but like yes for 15 30 seconds like not the whole oh, song i will admit the, the, the j electronica show i was that guy <laughs> but i mean Jay Electronic also came down in the crowd with like there was like fifty, maybe seventy Bro. people at the show, and I think it came into the crowd. Different and, be- when you do it because it means so much to you. Right. Yes, I mean that's just which I guess those kids. Fandom. Tyler means a lot to those kids. He really does. But like, are, but does are, it mean more are, to the gram? Yeah, than to Tyler. Like, are they? About, what are they doing right. it for? Like, are they doing it to look on ten years from now? Or are they doing it to post? And get the. I still go watch those videos of of Jay Electronica. Yeah, I have a file like I have an old hard drive. <laughs> I have an old hard drive that you have to plug in, and there's a folder on it of like it's like old shows. And yeah. it's hey, that's the last time that we saw each other and hugged in person was that Atmosphere show. The one at uh, 
at Cargo. At Cargo? Yeah, the one that he just ripped the show. It was incredible. That but show. that's the last time I saw you pre-pandemic. Wow. Hugs, how you doing? You should be on the podcast. And then just two years. I do remember that. Yes. Because we'd even talked about it. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. That's right. No, for sure we talked about it. Because I was like, I that would was be, like, yeah, be honored. 2020, so cool. right before. Yep. Jesus. <laughs> <sighs> time warp. Time warp, yeah. It was the time warp. It really warped us. It, it 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 was a time warp and people got warped. <laughs> yes. All right, let's go to the next question. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Great answer for that one. Um, changing up, who was someone who was a role model to you as you were growing up, and who's someone who's a role model for you now? Uh, my dad would definitely be my role model growing up and, and still now. I mean, he's he's such a, a pillar of strength and and honor and and truth and, and to do the right thing. And like I said, you know, earlier he would give us, you know, little pieces of advice, like content is King. You know, I mean, the dude is just way beyond his years and, and, and such a wise person to be able to call my dad. Uh, that's gotta be my hero. Oh, what about now? Uh, the same. Is yeah. Now too? <laughs> yeah. So is it corny since we're brothers that, I mean, my dad's obviously like my main guy, but then also we have the oldest cousin in our family, Robbie, that was like the cool dude in the band, knew the music. He was the guy with the boom box and the KTEL tape and the, and the cardboard. <laughs> Teaching you guys how to pop he and was lock. Just always cool. You know what I'm saying? So he was like a huge, my dad would never accept the the award he would just be like oh no come on you guys blah 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 he's mr humble but him obviously then now everything but then my cousin robbie he was like you we aspired to be as cool as that dude to this day (laughs) i think it's both of our parents honestly i think we're just very blessed to have two amazing a mother and a a father that's cared and tell us every day that we can do this and 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 we believe in yeah we believe in you and you know, that goes so far uh, in today's culture that people just don't hear that. Someone's got to believe in you to yeah. think, instill you know? that belief in you. First. Right. Like, this is corny, but I'll read my mom's text message from this morning. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. It says, good morning, blessed, prayerful, soulful, grateful, special, admired, baby steps, moving forward, getting things done, helping each other, understanding, thankful, Lee family. I love you all so very, 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 very much and have a blessed Holy Friday ahead. That kind of a text comes every single day from my mom, like every Damn. day. Yeah, nice. Dad's is a little shout bit more to, like shout out to mom. Mom is mm-hmm. heavy. the day started right. Right. You know when Kendrick says, "Ain't nobody praying for me no more," or whatever he says, and on damn, mm-hmm. I felt that because you know I have people praying for me, and when you when you realize when it dawns on you that no one's praying for you, that's heavy. That's 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 it's fucking hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. That's probably, I think Kendrick's grandma or somebody was who he was talking about. Yeah, that's like, probably Kanye's mom. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. The fucking document. Well, we could, we could do a whole podcast on our reaction to genius. <laughs> Man. Shout out to Kanye West. Stay on path. As oh Merce said, Get God, the mental health you yeah, need. Yeah. God bless Kanye West. <laughs> All right. Next one. Um, four MCs on your guys' personal Mount Rushmore <sighs> or hip hop Rushmore. J. Cole. Uh, Kendrick, uh, I'm going to put Coda right on there cause I think he's going to be doing some big things 
And then Andre. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Andre is a good one. I'll say like Jalek, Rhapsody, um, Cole. I would say. And then, man, I really, really, really think that Conway the Machine is like one of the best MCs in a very long time. Like technically, these are great, inc- great lists. He's a very, very good rapper. This is fantastic. Like, and I'm surprised no one said anyone from the '90s. Yeah, even you know we're all old. Mm-hmm. Well, what what would we say? Like, I, you know what I mean? I don't think that people were rapping that good back then. They were, but like the 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, definitely iterated on that 90s shit. You know what I'm saying? Like getting big NBA. Like, I mean, if you weren't Souls a, of Mischief in the 90s, like who was rapping better? No, that's the thing. You know what I'm like, saying? Like, right, like opio. All, I mean, I mean, all yeah. art forms, everything evolves and gets more complex over time. Like it doesn't usually get simpler. Except for Hyro and except for Souls of Mischief. Yeah, there, there is, yeah. yeah. Those dudes had a time machine. Yeah, it's like Rakim in the 86. Is, right. You know, he, he's on a whole nother Listening level. Listening to Festo else. rap in the 90s was just like, dude, this guy is saying the most insane stuff. Like, we were so lucky to have those guys back in the 90s. No, right? and I always tell people we're lucky that a lot of them are still here. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like you think about rock and roll and everything like that. Like the legends are not here. Well, I mean, and this is, I'm not trying to be dark or anything, but we've lost a lot. No, we have. Yeah. Double K. Mm-hmm. And Zumbi and Mac Doom Miller and Mac. And I mean, dude, we could go. It is kind of crazy the last couple of years. It's been wild losing lost. Biz. Yes. Yeah, biz and mm. freaking Shock G. And, you know, just wow. Cyanide. Yeah. How, how do we lose Zumbi? Like, yeah. Like these guys aren't that old. That's the mm. thing. Gift a gab. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was, that one hit for me because I was like, I followed his whole thing. I was on his, uh, his uh, GoFundMe and like mm. Gotha updates and everything. Like, that one was fucking tough. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mac Miller was tough, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tupac was tough. Like, fuck. Yeah. It's all tough. Tupac, baby. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll find myself on my Twitch like five or six songs deep into my set and be like, dude, you just played all Dead deceased yeah, yeah. artists. Like, not even intentionally. You know, you play a little Zion Eye and then a little Doom and then you got a little Mac and before you mm. know it, you're like, I'm on a dead guy set right now this is dark yeah let's change it up to something yeah, yeah. Please. 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 please change it up all right but i mean mad respect and love and you know prayers and good energy to all those cats thank you for their contribution you know what i'm saying and denzel washington said you know you can't take it with you so if you can leave it here is the most important thing mark. and right. that's what those guys have done yeah, yeah what did denzel say there you don't see ever see u-hauls beside behind a hearse <laughs> no Damn. Denzel's got some gems. You know? That man, fucking wise. He knows, he knows what he's doing. All right. Completely changing it up. What's your favorite show on TV right now that you, you know, watch to bring you some joy, escape, you know, whatever's going on in the world? Buddha's going to steal mine, but I'm going to let him. Because you said it was your favorite yeah. today. It, it, the, the chef one? The oh, kid, okay. the, yeah, the, probably the, the, the Master Chef uh, Juniors. With the kids, chefs. Yeah, it's and I, I love to cook, so for me, the cooking shows and shit are always awesome. And then throw kids in, and then you throw kids, and it's just such a good, feel good, happy um, energy is always amazing. And uh, yeah, it's just a, it's really cool to see what the future might be for us. Yeah, and Gen Z isn't all bad. Like these kids are like, 
no, homeschooled little are, super geniuses. I you mean, know what I'm saying? Like the future of humanity depends on them. No they, pressure. <laughs> yeah, no pressure at all. But I think they're up for it. <laughs> I, I really and then okay. Atlanta. Oh, oh my god! So good. Season so good. Th- season three is just so good. <laughs> Have you seen the big payback? We've just no. We've only seen the first three episodes. Oh. Season three. We just watched the today's episode. Mm. There's, there's two that you haven't seen then. Yeah. Okay. We watched the, like, the last one we, we watched text. was the billionaire We text, one. so please, when you finish that, just make a mental note to be like, hey, I need to text Todd. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I would my lo- fiance have to like stare at each other and be like, Bro, what the fuck well, first you're going to have to stare at your fiance for a while. <laughs> then text me. And I mean, so the first amazing. episode, the first episode of this season, I was like, oh my God, like, how deep is, like, how far is this going to go? And then go? he wakes up. You're like, oh fuck, that was a dream. Mm-hmm. The kid's name was Ladarius, right? Yeah. So that is that Darius? Laquarius. Laquarius. Is that Darius? Oh, Laquarius. Okay, Laquarius. Okay. Yeah, that's why. Like, we can't. We can't. We can't. Yeah, we'll go deep. <laughs> it's a rabbit hole. Okay, Todd. So what, especially what since like a whole season is like the my whole favorite thing. show right now is by far Atlanta, but that was what Buddha just said. So I'm also watching Picard, which oh, okay. is the spinoff from Star Trek: Next Generation. Yeah. yeah. And then also a show that I just finished watching that is probably one of the most brilliant mockumentary style film oh, shows I've ever say. seen is What We Do in the Shadows. Okay. Wow. I heard that's really, really funny. Bro, it is perfect. If I had to, you know, I mean, it's it's weird and it's what it is. It's about <laughs> a bunch of vampires that are 800 years old living in Staten Island. Yeah. But. It's so smart and funny. And those dudes, that Taika Waititi dude knows what he's doing. Yeah. Like, you know, they did uh, um, Our Flag Means Death on HBO Max. They did What We Do in the Shadows. They did, uh, they have a few other shows that are along those lines that are just 10 out of 10. So, yeah, What We Do in the Shadows, Picard, and then Atlanta. Everybody should watch Atlanta. Like Sean should be showing it in his school. I like I, I have in the past. You have. So I bet you have. To, you're to gonna. Like, there's an episode that you're gonna play in your class. Like there's epi- like when I was teaching, like you know, I'd be like, "Look, I'm gonna show you guys this. This is. This Please is gonna, don't this tell is, the principal. This is between us. <laughs> like you know, it's like the day before break or something. So n- now, or, now I don't want to hear from you after you watch the episode that I'm talking about. I want to hear from you after you watch it with your kids. Oh my god, I don't know. And if they then can just handle, be like, "Hey, Todd, we watched this. that episode of Atlanta you were talking about." Because like, even the first season, Sean and I watched like the first, the first scene, the, like the first scene. We had to watch it again because we didn't believe it was real. What was the first scene? I already forgot. when they're in the parking lot mm-hmm. and the guy kicks the mirror. Oh wow! Right, it was. That's just how like, the show started, and he pulls the pistol, mm-hmm. and we were. I was like, and we meet Albert, and I was like, I remember Earn. like looking at him like, hold on a second, that escalated way too fast. Let's rewind, rewind it, watch, it watch again. that again, because like, is there something I'm missing here? Because this is Atlanta, that, bro. That's how it, from the jump. <laughs> yes, that shit was like, was not what you're expecting. Wild. Yeah. My, my laptop does. You know that they're in, in Europe, right? Like in the new season? Yeah, yeah. So this is not a spoiler at all, but at some point, uh, like the promoter or like one of the promoters or something comes up to him and he's just like, hey guys, after the show, do you want to go to the strip club? And they're from Atlanta. And they're just like, oh, and they just start clowning European strip clubs and it's the smartest, most brilliant scene maybe in the show ever. It's just like... No, bro. We don't want to go to your European it's strip just club. All the writing is perfect. Yeah, yeah the last episode so was good. with a tree. Wow. And the the art that did the art dude. I'm like, this is hilarious. Socks. This is fucking great. Yeah. And that whole just the like whole thing with Darius up. and the and the chick. And she didn't even say anything bad, right? I mean, she was she was condescending as fuck, 
but the way that socks the way that the rest of the bat reacts is i was like yeah i was laughing the whole time yeah anyway watch watch uh, Watch atlanta Atlanta. moral of the story yeah (laughs) moral of the story watch atlanta ask him the last question because i I don't so we've already talked about it a little bit but uh favorite up-and-coming mcs coda coda for me Hmm. i think he's not up and coming by any means but he's like my favorite at the moment at the very very moment his name is currency huge fan Mm -hmm. currency is in spitta okay from new orleans okay Mm -hmm. yeah the guy that's obsessed with matchbox cars and real cars yeah i thought you were gonna say benny no, I, I'm, I'm not that I'm over the Griselda guys, but if I was going to pick one of those dudes, it would be Boldy James for sure. Yeah. But the cat that I'm like the most stoked to like listen to is Currency over Alchemist Beats. Like they just did a project together called yeah, Continuance yeah. that's mm-hmm. just super special to me. Because they like, did another one too with like Freddie Gibbs, Currency, yep, right? Yeah, yep, yep. Now, who was the third one? Or was that just all three? Like Fendi, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. It, and that's another cool thing about going down the rabbit holes of MCs like that. You're just like currency has 80 albums or something. Like okay, because he did one with uh, Static once again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Big fan of Static, the Boom Bap. Yeah, Caesar's you know? <laughs> that's your lean for sure. Yeah, <laughs> even though he's from Boston, it's all right. It sounds and, like Caesar and Todd would get along really well. <laughs> I know. I think Caesar and I have the same mixtapes. Because like I love Griselda too. You know. Yeah. What do you guys think about this? Is a question I have for you guys. What do you think about the producer tags, like La Musica de Harry Fraud, and you know, you, whoa, Kenny for Kenny Beats, and like, you know, Metro Boomin, and all the dudes they DJ have like drama, their little. DJ drama. I think Khalid. I don't know, like, because we were talking, like, a, a lot of producers now are also putting their names like in the in the artist thing. Mm, absolutely. And I mean. I feel they I, need shine too. Yeah, like I feel like you know we're like very deep, obviously fans, so we appreciate that side, the production mm-hmm. side. But like the average person maybe doesn't know the who produces the music, and I can see if I was a producer, you know, I'm like this is half of this shit is me. <laughs> like you know, well, it's what like I mean? the bread on the sandwich. I mean, yeah. come on, yeah, like they're huge, and I think it often like I th- I do think nowadays, especially with like certain st- like electronic music and these other forms of music where you know, producers get their shine has made it more possible. But like, it's also nice to see like old school guy. Like, I feel like DJ Jazzy Jeff. Like, people know him now in a way that they didn't before. Right. And yeah, yeah. you know, he was such a big part of so much. Like, he worked with all sorts. You know, so I think yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think they should be putting like the the producer. We always try and say the producer when we mm-hmm. say the tracks. So I like it when they put it like in the artist because I think they are artists and they're just as equal you right. know uh, as part of this process i think that it's such hit boy is the example for all the stuff he did with like watch the throne and all that stuff and he ne- we never knew that was hit boy. right but then he starts making these projects with nos and nos insists you know how nos rolls mm-hmm. he's like i insist you say hit boy hit boy and we keep referencing you in all this work and i want this to be you know me and hit boy we are the new gang star and like all those references that he makes it like I went back and started listening to Hit Boy production, and he did Goldie for ASAP Rocky. Oh, damn. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that, That's that song. That's our body. Right? That's Hit Boy. He did some Watch the Throne And see, like, there shouldn't be, yeah, like, you shouldn't find out stuff like that. Right. And Mm. so Hit Boy, this is his, like, and I didn't know this because he was new to me with King's Disease. Or no, with the Benny Project. With Burden of Proof. That was the first time I've heard of Hit Mm -hmm. Boy. And he had already been in the game for uh, two decades. 
And then yeah. I was just hearing about them because they were just starting to drop the producer tags. And so that's why I kind of asked the question was, yeah. you know, as heads, because I know the four of us are super nerdy. Yes. I just, so I've always thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. But and then I, I asked who was the producer for Coda. That was one of the first things right. I yeah. said. And that, like, yeah. that's what we always talk about is like, who did who the production did on this? And it's, and it's not something that's always easy to find out. Right, right. right. Unless you know, they're saying hit boy. Hit or boy. it's tough because <laughs> you know a primo track, how it starts. You, you know, yep. you know how an alchemist yeah. right. thing. So they have their style. Heads know, but like sometimes when like Hip Boy is very diverse, right? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, so yeah it's absolutely. Just, it's hard to tell. Yeah, that was a good, yeah, yeah, Goldie. Damn, that one's hard. That one is hard, and it's, it's, I think part of the evolution of everybody wanting to kind of be seen, you know what I'm saying? Just in general, I mean, yeah, salutes to them and salutes to you guys. That's the meandering questions. You're you done. guys made it, you made it. Congratulations. You did everything excellently, yes. just like we thought. And yeah. you could. <laughs> hey, we just want to say thank you guys so much for, uh, you know, inviting us onto this podcast. It, yeah, it really absolutely. means a lot. No, yeah, you guys. So much. Been a while. Yeah, we Our first wanted. radio show, we, we gave you a shout out because if we were like, Inspired. it was unbelievable for us to be like, to we were able to play the music we wanted. And we were like, I can't believe this. Mm-hmm. Like. This was something 20 years ago, like hip hop was like illegal, you know, like right. it felt underground, like, you know, it had to be played at, you know, whatever time, 11 o'clock. Right. Midnight to late. two or whatever. Whatever it was, whatever it was, yeah, was when it was you guys late. first started, you know, like staying up late because you couldn't play that mm-hmm. normally. And, you know, like you guys have helped pay the way for us to like, you know, all the other people on K, you know, that are doing these great hip hop shows on K-Wing, like, you know. It Shout out to Elzo. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like so many of the people we know. And, and your guys' just, show, right? Yeah. Yeah, what night is your show on? We Every Friday, Friday night. Okay. You know, yeah, Friday from 9 to 11, you know, like we get to play whatever we want. Because I've listened, amazing. but always, always on archives, never live. Yeah. So it's just, it's, uh, you know, it's full circle. And, you, you know, so much, of, you know, obviously Elzo, all these other people, they're doing workshops at my school, like with students, you know. So the uh, the the seeds you guys have helped plant, you know, are, are doing stuff that you, you well, you'll never know. You'll never know the the impact uh, that you guys have had on the scene mm-hmm. here. So, salute to you guys, yeah. definitely. Yeah, no, we appreciate you guys even caring because, as I mentioned before, we used to hit the record button. Kind of feel like you're in an echo chamber a little bit sometimes when you're just doing it. It's just me and him and some coffee and sitting in the studio doing our thing. And it's just like, man, we know people listen, technically. Of course they do. But not having that phone interaction like we used to have back in the day, you don't feel right. You, the, you, you inst- don't f- the instant, the instant gratification. I think that's probably to come full circle with the Twitch thing. I think that's probably the coolest thing about Twitch is the, the interaction. Instant, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, you see it absolutely because the calls were amazing. And thank you guys for back in the day being the people who called. Or Sean said his friends would call. Or whatever yeah, I was too shy. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> now you're not shy. No, no. no. I, I remember. Maybe it was on Facebook or something. I would like make requests on there or something like on the post. MySpace like, or my, was it MySpace? God, it was that yeah, long ago. Yeah, MySpace. it was MySpace. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, like yeah, I would request on there or something. More, more my lane. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we go, we have a couple shout outs. I want to give a shout out no, to uh, all of my current and former students who listen to the show. Like, <laughs> hit us up and uh, let us know like uh, the story time from last week about my intern. Mm. There, they were. Uh, Excited to hear that yeah, story and laugh. And, uh, you know, if you're out there and you want to leave a comment, 
or, or tell us, uh, you know, request a song. The, the number again, 775-800-9153. And I need to check because last week we asked for the voicemails on people witnessing the worst firings they'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, someone happened. So hopefully we have some good stories to share. Yeah. Anything else, Sean? Um, we do have one question before we go. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest lesson hip-hop has taught you guys about life? It's funny, but I, I would say that I kind of live my life that way, and it's it's just to be humble and to be appreciative and, and just to to never give up. I mean, that's really what hip-hop is, has taught me personally is just to, you know, never give up. Yeah, and I think... <laughs> I think hip hop taught me that there's a lot of different ways to enjoy something, mm-hmm. you know, because hip hop is really like it's, splintered. I don't want to say splintered. That almost sounds derogatory, but it's like it's evolved in so many directions. It Very really has. And, and it's taught me that like it's OK because, dude, my Twitch stream will go Benny the Butcher, Aesop Rock, Chance the Rapper, Donda. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm. But that's all, the beauty of it. But I'm all that's over the, the place. But at the same time, like you said, it's the beauty. They're all tied together in a way that makes sense in my brain when I'm making a set list. You know, I don't ever plan those set lists, and so it's just always just off from this. And I do take, like I said, suggestions. But yeah, I think it just this that as it branched out, that we all kind of found our own little. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's why when, when we make our, mm-hmm. our set lists, I always do it first usually, and, and he fills it. But, like, we balance it. Like, you know, we're obviously similar. Mm-hmm. We're good friends. But he'll pick stuff that I would never have thought of, and I'll do the same thing. And it, like, But it all comes together into, into one. And that dynamic is important, I think, and Scott and I have that too, where I'll go and research a bunch of new music and put, say, 17 songs in a folder on the desktop. And then the new show will include six. Hmm. So it's like, I thought these 17 were dope. And then he listened to all 17 of them while I was probably sleeping or doing something else. <laughs> and then he's just like, Whoa, these six, you know? And so slowly, but sure. And then the next time I make the playlist, then the ones that he didn't play out of the 17, then I'll play. And then he'll clean up some, cause we always have to clean up. You guys know now mm-hmm. that when you're like, Ooh, I want to play this Benny, the butcher song, but damn, it's going to take me 15 minutes to make it. <laughs> I mean, or like I a, think of that. Or like a pretty like Sometimes he, he's sometimes, just like, I don't care. I just want to play the new Freddy. I want to play. That's cool. <laughs> we, we started getting to the point where if it's like, what would you say? If it's more is? than five curse words, we don't play it. Yeah. Well, no. and I try because you he, know if it's f this and f that and this. He and, normally edits know. the radio show, so I try and like pick as many edited versions of songs because I'm like, if it's like, if we'll play it on the podcast, if it's like super bad, but I know because I know he'll he he's gonna play what he wants to play. Yeah. And uh, and that was kind of what we were saying. What what we said on June's podcast was when we started steering it more towards like the really conscious uplifting lane there was less curse words Mm -hmm. you know it was just a natural progression and i just heard a brand new merce verse merce verse (laughs) speaking of someone who doesn't edit their music ever yeah with ra the rugged man and sea lance um and merce didn't doesn't cuss in his verse i texted him and was like you didn't curse and he said ha (laughs) dude's like in brazil with his family right now he just texted me back ha and I remember Ernie from Who Cares telling me at some point, yeah, you know, I'm just going to, I just don't curse in this song because I know you guys are going to want to play it, you know. Mm. Maybe we should talk to some of the people we play and be like, hey, bro, 
Well, I think we would play a lot more J. Cole if he didn't curse so much. I'd definitely, you know, there would be artists that would get if if oh definitely you know Mm -hmm. Kendrick Moore probably yeah Yeah, absolutely and like there's so you know there's some especially when you're playing underground you're not going to find that edited version Mm -hmm. you know they or they don't even make the edited version right 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 right. or Genius doesn't even have it so I could like read the lyrics you know right yeah because then you yeah when you're sitting there listening and you gotta. Well, that Coda song, I was surprised had like 10 curse words. The Good Friday song. Coda doesn't really curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that Good Friday song, I think there was probably about <laughs> six to 10 edits in that puppy. Do you guys listen to music when you're not doing the radio show and like, can you hear curse words? Does it like, you know what's funny? Does is, it hit you? You're like, oh shit. Oh, bro, to- every time on Twitch, <laughs> nobody gives a shit if it right. cusses on Twitch, but every time a cuss word happens, I'm like, cringe a little bit <laughs> like oh shit like, I'm like <laughs> yeah every single time because oh, of just shit, too many one. years of being like oh shit that said shit yeah you know what i mean because dude in 20 something years they've some curse words have slipped through yeah oh of course yeah yeah and we try to listen or at least i do i try to listen to the the app and and go through some of the old archives and stuff and like you said do you cringe and, and yeah we, buddha actually consumes a lot of what we make, I don't. I don't as much, but that's, Buddha listens. I'm the a one lot. that does that. I don't either. <laughs> See, that's why we're best friends. Yeah, yeah. Me, I told me you. I already, we're gonna, I already saw that. Yeah. <laughs> we better do hood rat shit soon. Yeah, I know, right? Well, What's uh, your favorite Stove God Cooks song, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you guys again, and uh, for all you listeners out there, you can hear the Bomb Shelter every Saturday night from what time to what time? We go from nine to midnight on Saturday nights. Nine to midnight. Uh, you've come a long way from that Sunday midnight. Yeah. <laughs> right? When they offered us that primetime spot, I was just like, yes, Saturday please. night, you know. And our, we're working with a consultant right now who's just been incredible about helping us just fine-tune little things because we want to be syndicated in dozens of cities. That's th- yeah. always been the plan for the bomb shelter. Like, why doesn't Idaho have a bomb shelter? Why doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, upstate New York have a simulcast of the bomb shelter? Yeah, like Poughkeepsie. <laughs> yeah, Poughkeepsie, where you at? You know, and so, yeah. That's, Love to see it. Yeah, Can't absolutely. Wait. But this this uh, consultant, at some point he told us, he was just like, you know, you guys are on track doing something that having 20 years behind you is like, it's automatically going to work in other markets. And so we're excited about that. Nice. Yeah, nice. absolutely. That's the next push. Is we're going to be nationally syndicated. Nice. Can't wait to see yeah. it. Yeah. Well, uh, until next time, make sure uh, you guys check out the bomb shelter, uh, eat sandwiches at the Beach Hut, our favorite sandwich spot mm-hmm. in Reno. Um, what else, Caesar? I don't know. Respect each other once again. Hopefully, the weather gets better. It's a wild world. And the weather, the weather will get better. Protect your necks as always. Yeah, protect your necks. But until next time, this is Sean saying peace. This is De La Foto. Salud. <laughs> <laughs>